Yo, excuse me, Mrs. Lynn. Yeah. Have you ever seen a show with a couple on the mic with bad content and it don't come out right? We tight. They ain't never tight. And that's not polite. Am I lying? No, you're quite right. Well, tonight on this very mic, you're about to hear We, we swear, swear the, the best podcast of the year. So, so. Here we go. Scream Bravo. Also, also if you, you didn't, didn't know, this is our show. Hey, I like that. Yo, 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 welcome, welcome, welcome to America Tune of Life. I'm your host, Mike Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, Erica Lynn. How are you, babe? I'm good. What an exciting day. <laughs> exciting, that's a good way to put it. My God. I'm, let me just say... It's been a day. So just who, just for anybody who doesn't know, we're bringing on Lansing's own angry mayor, our mayor for close to 15 years, I think he was, 12 years. I'll have to pull that information up. We got him on the show today. So just stay tuned. Stay here. Stay woke. We're bringing on former Lansing mayor, Verge Bernero. And there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> My goodness. So we're going to talk about everything under the sun with Verge. And then we've got, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about this protest that happened today and the bullshit and anarchy that was going on down there. And I'm all for the First Amendment and, and all of that, but that wasn't what this was. That was down there. That was putting people's lives in jeopardy and there's a whole lot going on down there. So, oh yeah. Um, welcome my co-host in. She had to get her tea ready. <laughs> so she was a little late coming to the broadcast, but you know, now. it is what it is. Um, so tea. Tyson says, y'all going to intermission and everything. Please cover your thoughts on this protest if you haven't already. <laughs> You know, oh, it. we definitely are, my brother. So there's so much to handle, y'all. There's so much to talk about. I've talked to Verge earlier today. He is amped up and excited. So you guys are going to get pure, raw Verge Bonero today. We're going to see it all. We're going to hear it all. He's going to give us his views on uh, the protest earlier today, uh, the current state of our city, the state of our union as far as the country goes. Um, he's been keeping up with everything going on with Donald Trump, as we all have been doing. Um, today, he had a complete meltdown, we heard. Um, I didn't get a chance I to watch get, it. I yeah, was trying to get this, get this show together, but I heard uh, Trump had a f complete meltdown and was trying to uh, basically let everybody know that he has full and total control again and had a tantrum uh, similar to what he had yesterday. So this thing is getting completely out of control. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's paying attention, but I mean, outside of our little abode here in, in Lansing, things are getting completely out of control. So. Uh, talking on that, we're going to get into some things having to do with that protest today. So I woke up today, probably about 11 o'clock. And I mean, that's when I finally got out of bed, turned my phone on and started looking at things. And immediately it was just, it was rampant. Things were crazy. The whole city was on basically the downtown area and surrounding areas, about five to 10 miles outside of that. Or should I say probably like two miles outside of the city and the highways were completely backed up with, at, what do you expect to see? Pickup trucks. Um, uh, what else do we say? Pickup trucks, uh, MAGA flags, oh, yeah. Trump 2020 flags, people towing boats, people towing boats, tow trucks, standing outside um, of their uh, cars, you know, yeah. screaming, yelling. This was just at 11 o'clock. The rally didn't start till noon. I think it started, they started to get there like a couple hours prior and we're kind of convening and getting, you know, ready, but it quote unquote started at noon, but it's been going on pretty much since this morning. 
I don't even know when it ended. I mean, I was hearing it. We could hear it from our house. Yeah, it was crazy, yo. So that, that yeah, so we live probably about I'd say a mile outside of downtown, like right in that area, and we could hear the honking and people screaming and the craziness going on right here. So it it was nuts. I'm just telling you guys, um, if you can, I was I was proud to see that most of my Facebook and most of the people that I deal with were at home and weren't out there being hooligans and idiots and again like the first amendment right you know everybody has their right to assemble but is it the time man over what they're petty what they're petty arguing about they're mad about you know i don't even know if is it the time is the question because i'm off we are protesters oh absolutely we we will protest but was this really a protest or was it a tantrum? It wasn't either. It was a Trump rally. It was a Trump rally and a tantrum. It was it's a Trump kinda, rally. I mean, that's really in the people that weren't were there that maybe weren't, you know, trying to have like the Trump rally going on. It was definitely a tantrum. When you protest for things, you know, that you believe in, inhumane treatment, injustice, rights being violated. But we're protesting things that we don't like and what things is, that don't feel what, good. What does things. this have to do with the lockdown, this Confederate flag that we're looking at right here? What does that have to do with anything? And then the MAGA. So here's here's what you got. This looks like it's right on Capitol Avenue in front of the Capitol. People yep. are pounded in, mm-hmm. out here with no masks on, got their car hard on, though, make sure they stay warm. And remember, they touted this very widely and, and we're kind of like proudly saying, you know, this is our right for pe- peaceful protest. And there was all these rules. Stay in your cars. Yada, yada. That did not happen. We're no. not going to block traffic. We're not going to block, you know, the, the hospital. Fir- the first thing they did was jump out the cars and get Instantly. crazy. So this is the thing. Like, let's let's talk about how dangerous this aspect is. Now, they pounded up all of downtown, which if anybody from Lansing understands that our fire station, Station One, which is one of the busiest stations in the city, is right downtown in the area that they were blocking. All of our all the ambulances, all the trucks, all the engines have to come out of there to get to important calls, whether or not it be a family member having a heart attack, a diabetes crisis, uh, whatever the case is, a broken anything. hip, anything. They've got to come out of there, out of that station down there. And and there's only there's a bunch of one way streets down there too, so they can't be going this way, that way to try to get out of there. There's really pretty much only a couple places they can go. And what do we know about emergencies? Time is of the essence. Of the f- essence. I mean, we're talking minutes can make all the difference whether somebody lives dies has long lasting damage did no one think about a this stroke yeah that's one of the most important things with a stroke is to get the person to the hospital immediately i mean a cardiac arrest i mean within about a minute or two if we're not if i shouldn't say if 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 the emergency service is not on the scene with about a minute or two or three minutes of a cardiac arrest there's pretty much nothing you can do about it so i mean just think about that when they're in these pound out we have pictures um let me see this is going down Pennsylvania under the bridge by Potter's Park Zoo. And this is traffic that's going in the opposite. No, this is going, this is, excuse me, this is going towards the hospital, towards yep. Sparrow. So this ambulance here is heading from the south end of town with an emergent situation. And here you got the MAGA supporters. And I'm just the only way I'm going to say it. I'm not going to call these guys protesters. No, that's the not MAGA what this supporters today. pounding up Pennsylvania. And that's one of the main thoroughways to get down the Sparrow, which is also on Michigan Avenue in Pennsylvania, right on the corner there. And stuff was backed up all the way 496 to 127, all the way backed up to 96. This this is what these people came to our city to do. And I mean, just think of the damage that was caused. We don't even know completely yet how bad this was, how bad this is going to be. The out the out, uh, you know, the outlying issues that are coming from 
this situation being what it was. There, so, there's so many layers to it because they then came here and in this whole thing of like it's not as bad where we live. So you're coming from a town or a community that maybe it's not as rampant, it's not as big as Detroit or Lansing or whatever the case may be. How do they know that they're not asymptomatic carriers? So then they're all jumping out of their cars with kids and entire families and possibly giving into each other. So if or when they get sick, where do you think they're going to go? Where do you think they're going to need to be treated at? So Sparrow here's Hospital. Good, here's a good question that uh, Tyson brings in. Let's let's talk about this. Tyson says it's the Colin Kaepernick protest for the right wing. Is this the Colin Kaepernick yeah. protest for the right wing? When is the right appropriate time to protest? Well, when there's not a pandemic going on, going on. I mean, that's pretty much it, because ultimately what ends up happening is all these people came from their other respective areas and congregated in one spot and could have been if it's one person in that group of people that had covid and was out there unmasked and shaking hands and talking to people and doing all that crap. Now, they've given it to them. Luckily for us, we don't have a bunch of MAGA supporters right here in our city. So those people went back to their podunk towns and they took that back with them. It's not luckily for us, because guess what? At the end of the day, there's no Sparrow Hospital there either with ICU units. So exactly. those people that live in, they've got those to come people that live in, um, uh, you know, mm. Eaton, Tucky, or whatever the case is, have to come to Sparrow when they catch COVID and can't breathe. So you know that's the that's the downfall to it. I mean, they came here and did nothing but cause complete havoc. I have no problem, like I said again, with people protesting. Do it the right way, though, and never, never in one minute for we're talking about Colin Kaepernick did a protest. And if you guys can see my wife's shirt. That's a picture of the four LCHS boys, uh, the LCHS four taking a knee on the field. No ambulance were held up. Nobody had a and heart attack and couldn't make it to the heat, hospital. The heat and that it, came from it. It was it was ridiculous. How the angry people, people were had. and indignant and how dare you and so disgusted. But yet, where were those people today? Where were they speaking out today on this disgusting display of what we want to call a protest? That wasn't a protest. That's the thing, too. This wasn't really on our radar live. You notice we didn't even really talk about this last couple of days. We knew it was coming because I absolutely respect people's right to protest. It yeah. is a for it's an it's a right. But when they said we have rules, we're not going to do this. It's like you think that is going to happen because when we peacefully protest, we peacefully protest and still get shit on for it. That is not what they did today. So mm -hmm. I won't dignify it by calling it a protest. It wasn't. So if you guys can see this picture here, this is a uh, Tahoe, a Confederate Tahoe. It's probably all <sighs> filled with Confederate people and flags and all of the above. And they've got their Confederate flag out bouncing. And then they got Whitmer is a socialist out there. And I wish someone could explain to me, you know, let us know what 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 does the Confederate flag have to do with this? Let us know. What is the significance here? What, what, where, where's, what argument? Where is it solidifying? What's it solidifying there? Why? So Samantha Selick says, if the protesters didn't block the hospital or wore a proper mask and kept social distancing, then that, what did it say? Then it would be a fine protest. It would have been. It would have been exactly what they would have, exactly. they would have been exercising their First Amendment rights. Absolutely. I would have had no problem with it. I mean, I don't have to watch it. I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to worry about it. But at the same time, my father, who lives out by the airport, the, the traffic was backed all the way out to the airport. If he was to have some sort of a medical emergency and needed help, first of all, them trying to get out to him would have been a problem. And then them trying to get back to him would have been a problem. So ultimately, it was a bad decision. And in no case or no, no situation can people bog up a downtown area in front of a capital. It wouldn't have been allowed in any other situation unless you had a permit to do so. It wouldn't have been allowed in any other and, situation. And I, I will also say this, the, the disgusting behavior that was displayed, 
there's no excuse for that. You can't have both. You can't come in and say we're protesting, you know, infringement on our rights and all this and that. But then you're throwing in all of your agendas and things like that and not expect people to say, you know what, I'm not really taking you seriously then. I have to agree I'm, with I'm just this. Not. I have to agree with Sam here. One of our one of our loyal listeners and watchers <laughs> here, Sam, says, I don't care what anyone says. That was not a protest. People went down there to publicly show that they're racist. And that's it. That's why I, I won't call it a protest. I can't, I can't deny, deny that. that. I can't deny that one bit. When you when this is what's going on out here, what, where's the protest in this? If I'm in the middle of a protest and I start looking around and I start people seeing people doing racist things, being violent, being, you know, intimidating. Guess what? I don't think I want to be a part of that protest anymore. Yeah. So I don't care if there were people because that's the thing. You know, not everybody was there for that. Not everybody there is a Trump supporter. Well, you know what? Today you were. Let's today talk, you absolutely were. Let's talk about this picture because I think this is very important. And I said it earlier today on my Facebook. I talked about this. These are the people who that when Trump gets ousted out of the White House and they bring in the new regime and it's not going to be the regime that he wants in there. And then this crisis that we're in is continued on because more than likely we're going to be dealing with the same thing in November and on and past. And these people right here, stomachs get to hurting a little bit because they're not used to being uncomfortable. Those people that are in this picture right here are the ones that are buying up all the guns, buying up all the ammo. A city folk are sitting back buying toilet paper and dumb shit. This is they're 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 looking for us to go ahead and stock up on all the all the Just stuff understand stock no. up on the toilet paper stock up on the canned goods and the meat and all of that shit so that these people when it comes down to it are going to come down and be in your house getting it i mean they're stocking up on guns and bullets and so on and so forth so be prepared people that's the best way i can say this thing is going to get way worse before it gets better this is this right here is one of the scariest pictures to me to be honest with you well what's so scary about that is can you I had a lot of conversations today and I had a good friend, you know, talk about the fact that um, and he's he's from Lansing, but he lives in Texas now and he's huge, you know, in activism and, and you know, coordination of different efforts, you know, for human rights, for Hispanic rights. And he said, could you imagine if I had organized this protest and these were black and brown faces, how differently that would have went? So, again, when we talk about getting shit for, for protesting, peacefully protesting, where we're actually not infringing on anybody else's rights and to be safe and we're not stopping up traffic and ambulances and being violent and open carrying guns to intimidate people around us, we still we still get crapped on. And people say, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it the right way. How dare you disrespect this, that and the other? Well, what are we supposed to say about all of the things that they disrespected today? Look at this piece of shit. That's all I can say. I'm not talking about the guy there. He's a piece of shit, too. But this car, my goodness, where are you driving that to? I mean, so at the end of the day, I mean, this is what this was about. It wasn't yeah. about anything else. Donald Trump has been openly stated that he can't stand Whitmer, the woman from Michigan. He's come out and uh, against her and had nothing good to say about her. So what do they do? They follow they follow blindly and attack. And that's what this mm -hmm. is about. This has nothing to do with what's going on in this state like it's not going on in every other state around the country. It's the same thing going on all around the country. But the problem is that Michigan is full of these type of people right here and not in our city. You don't see this thing in our city. Our city's full of good people. But these people live on the outskirts of our city. And if you just ride going west on Saginaw a little past, I think the city's called like Sunshine or one of those cities. If you just ride past there right on Saginaw, you'll see these these flags and Confederate flags hanging proudly from from flagpoles all over the place out there. I mean, just Absolutely. five miles outside of this city, right you'll see this. And and it's really hard to take. Again, that's why I say I can't call. When, when I see something like that, I can't call that. A, that's not a protest. 
of, of human rights or, or our rights or whatever the case that may be, it, you can't, you know, you have no leg to stand on when there's stuff like that being displayed. It, and then not to mention the way that people were acting right down the street over on Washington, you've got Fountain Place Apartments. There was an incident over there. It was all over the scanner where the residents there basically got into it with a group there because the group was walking down the street, screaming, yelling that they were going to kill all the commies. Open carrying AKs. How do you think that's going to make people feel? That's a peaceful protest. Could you imagine if that was a black man yelling something that he was going to kill anything with a gun on his back? We would be hearing about a, a, a murder right now, period. Oh, for sure. They He'd wouldn't be call dead. it a murder, though, but it would definitely be that. Um, I, I think that's the hard part for me. Is I, I just can't handle the, the, the privilege any, and the entitlement from anytime all of this. I Anytime I see a MAGA flag, I see this right here with it. Mm -hmm. That's just how I feel when I see this. That's the new age 2020 Confederate flag. And, I, you know, I don't it's like it's one of those things that you almost got to take the power away from them and not care that they that they fly that. And that's just ultimately kind of what we got to do is just not allow it to bother us. But I mean, I can't say that it doesn't. Every time I see the MAGA flag, this is what I see is a Confederate flag right next to it. And I'm not meaning in the literal sense that somebody flies both together. I mean that when They're I like see the same. when I see that blue flag, I see the same the same flag that's sitting next. It to It gives it, me so. the same feeling. Yeah. It just does. It's a way to say, "Hey, fuck you and everybody around you." This is how I feel. Um, maga, maga, maga. You know, and it's like maga is the new n word, as far as I'm concerned. If somebody runs up to me and yells maga, I'm going to take that offensively. Period. Point blank. It doesn't. Because, well, you know the intent. Yeah, of course. Like I said, it's the new n word. <laughs> We, we know the attack. Uh, yep, that's what it is, Sam. It's Sunfield. Sam says it's yeah, Sunfield. Sunfield. Yep, actually. that is what it is. And that's not far from here. So the thing is, is people want to talk about how they don't feel this way, and it's not because of that. But when you see it with your own eyes, that is what it's about. Rocky says the majority of these idiots was from the outskirts of Lansing. You're absolutely right. And I said something about this earlier. I mean, at the end of the day, we know it ain't our folks down there doing that. I mean, we everybody that we know in the city and you know, Ain't got nothing to do. And so, like, for instance, if anybody is down there walking around just bullshitting or brought their car down there to take videos or to see stuff or whatever the case you might have been down there doing, if you're not a part of the protest, you are now. You're a part you're of the a problem. You're a part of it now. You're by, now a by part By taking of yourself down there, now you're a part of it. Regardless of what you're thinking or what you're saying while you're down there, you are a part of it now. So at the end of the day, you're helping clog it up. You're helping be a part of it. So... You know, I, I just I just don't know. Any, the best way we could have dealt with that is the media to stay away from it. Everybody to stay away from them. Let them be down like a there. Kid. But now it's don't a spectacle. It's going to be all over the news, all over the nation. They're going to be talking about little old Lansing and they're going to think little old Lansing was the ones doing that. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's ridiculous. You know, it's just it's ridiculous. It's a stain on our city. It really is. And this is definitely going to be national. It's making national news. You know, it's one of those things that you don't want your city portrayed in that way. Just those visuals that we're showing you understand this was on our Capitol lawn, our Capitol steps in our streets in front of our, you know, Sparrow Hospital. These are our people that are, you know, talking about how they felt when they're walking, seeing these people screaming at them and they're hearing it through their windows. Like, I'm trying to work from home and I hear them screaming, using the F-bombs and I look out and there's three guys with guns walking down the street. These are our people that we're talking about that are having to deal with. I this. mean, God forbid any kids were out on the street, the young black man or whatever the case, walking on the street, young 13, 14 year old kids walking. I mean, you just don't ever know. These people were that upset. You know, you just don't ever know how something's going to turn out. The hypocrisy is just astounding, y'all. I really cannot take these people seriously. Do we understand how often black and brown folks rights are infringed upon every 
day. I mean, oh in the gosh. most worst, brutal way. We've seen how these this same, works, these, plays out, though, babe, in brown eye, blue eye. Understood. But these same people that we watch today protest so harshly and they're going out about how their rights are being infringed on. They're also the same people that speak out and make excuses as to why an unarmed black man gets murdered. Oh, yeah. And blame them. Well, where was the outrage when Flint's water was fucked up, like still today? None. We, and but that's it's still my problem. On our, it's still on our own, folks, too, because we got to get out and be able to protest this way, too, and not this way and this stupid this wasn't a protest but we need to be able to be out there and speaking up for the people who i'm i'm out there i, I was gonna say i, go I am there. i, I know, absolutely but we're talking am. to the we're talking to the other people out here so like to get involved that way it is very important it is that and that's the thing to be clear this is not a rant against protesting or saying like they shouldn't have done this or they shouldn't have done it there or whatever but understand the situation that we're in right now we're in the middle of a pandemic and understand it's not just about you stop being so damn selfish this happened michael bean says this happened in front of the police station with individual with individuals who are paid to control regulate and disperse traffic does the law enforces or law forces have any accountability absolutely because we've been knowing about this thing coming for like a week now and all they had to do is block the damn streets down don't let them in front of the Capitol to bog anything up. The Capitol is the worst place and the easiest place to bog up because of all the one ways. Yep. So we knew this was coming. Why not stop the like, for instance, if we had said we were going to walk out in front of the Capitol and have a march out there, they would have they would have had barricades and people out there in full riot gear mm -hmm. to stop us because we didn't have a permit. So why allow that? I mean, absolutely. Mike, I mean, they have some responsibility. And if anybody got hurt out of this situation, like physically, then I, or if somebody at the at, didn't make it to the hospital and died in traffic on the way then to what? the hospital, those people should be held accountable. You know, they should have walked around and took license plates down and, and, and served them that fine for not socially distancing. That's my, my, that's my, that's my perspective. I mean, do something. And I out, agree. And out of the words of their own mouths, when you hear some of these people talking about why they're angry and how upset they are and the things that they're upset about. They seem so trivial. So it is hard for me to really take you seriously when you're talking about how you can't go on your boat and go fishing and these people that want to, you know, garden right now while people typically don't even plant until like, you know, late April, maybe May or getting their hair done, being able to go to the hair salon or get their nails done. I can't take you seriously. Those are privileges. And again, there's a lot of privileges, you know, they do fall under rights, but really this is the display that you show of not I mean, being able to get what you want. I just don't understand that, though. She put an executive order in to not be out frivolously and only for essential needs. I guess that this is they're saying this is essential. I just at the end of the day, just make it hard for him then. You know, she, she Gretchen is doing the best job that she can at this moment. That's what I'm going to say openly. I'm going to say that in my opinion, she's doing the best job that she can at this moment. Nobody's going to be happy with anything that she does. But we also understand we have to sit back and just deal. Anybody who has the right mind and isn't caught up in some dumbass conspiracy theory understands that people are dying from this disease. So I'm not going to put myself or anybody else that I'm involved with in a predicament to catch it. I'm not going to bring it back anywhere or any of that stuff. So, I mean, ultimately, um, like I said before, what ended up happening is those people are going to take this back to their house, to where they live mm -hmm. at. If they caught it, let's, I mean, let's, let's hope to God they didn't, you know, let's, sure. hope, let's hope that they did. But if they did, but if they did, it impacts us all. The probability of that is strong. It's somebody out there could have caught it and is going to take it back to whatever podunk city they live in that doesn't have these, that doesn't have even one case. So they're over there in these cities and they're saying, well, we don't have any cases. So I'm going to go over here where there may be some cases and then I'm going to protest and then I'm going to come back here and I could possibly bring it back. And now or we 
have an outbreak in Sunfield, Michigan. Exactly. And I, or I'm, I'm going to be with all these people on the Capitol lawn with my kids, not socially distancing at all, not wearing a mask who I have not been quarantining with. So they might have it. And now we're all just here spreading it because and, and we're protesting. Let's not forget that we have former Lansing Mayor Verge Monero. He just commented <laughs> on here. I just was going to bring him on here and talk about that. Uh, local police are ham, ha hamstrung by state law that allow open carry. Yes, that's true. We're going to bring him on here in a minute to talk about all of this. But you guys can see he is here in the building. Uh, former Mayor Verge Monero. God, we miss you, brother. <laughs> I'm going to play a video before we bring him on. I want you guys to see how strongly he fought for this city in particular and our rights and people of color and all of those things. He set up things before he left to make sure that people of color were represented around this city. He remembers a time when people of color stood up in this city and wouldn't go for bullshit. He's going to speak on that and many other things. So I want to get to that video before we call him in. So we're going to do that now. Stay tuned, you guys. We have Verge Bonero coming on. One second here. We got the video I want to play here. Just to give you, you know. GM plants that employ some 6,000 workers. Mayor, good morning. Are you in shock? Are you bewildered? Are you dismayed? Well, I'm not happy. This is a colossal failure in leadership uh, that imperils our future here and uh, really across the country, puts this economy uh, closer to the cliff. And I think we see that already in the, re in the reaction. Do you, uh, hang on a second. Do you blame the UAW? Do you blame the Republicans? Do you blame the car companies for lack of imagination? Uh, look, there's plenty of blame to go around. And you didn't mention Congress and Wall Street. And the, most of the blame is Washington and Wall Street for bringing us to this point. You know, I find it highly ironic to have Congress people lecturing the UAW about cutting their wages. Why don't we put Congress people and senators on merit pay and see what they would be making? What has their productivity been? Give me a break. They're, they're leaking. They're, they're flowing red ink out of Washington. They print money and then they're going to lecture. And Wall Street, the Wall Street wizards that brought us to this point, you know what the UAW and the big three are guilty of is raising the standard of living in this country, not just for union workers, but for all workers. Because the reason that the workers at the non-union plants get paid what they do, which is, a, I guess, a decent wage, is thanks to the UAW. But now we have Republican senators beating up on the UAW and demanding that they take concessions. Why don't we start the concessions in the U.S. Senate? I'm not going to say Armageddon. It's, uh, uh, it's a disaster. It's a huge setback. Um, uh, the governor has uh, put in place uh, uh, right to work in Michigan, right to work for less, as we say. Uh, it's a stunning turn of events. The Republicans uh, put this through in lightning speed in lame duck. It's outrageous and despicable what they've done, in my opinion. Uh, they did no public hearing. They did the best they could to shut out any, any public input at all uh, into the process. But it is, it is the case. It is law now. Uh, so, you know, we're going to join Mississippi and the other countries, the other states that are at the bottom of the economic heap uh, and take a step back in time. We have responsibilities. And my primary responsibility, my number one job, Tucker, is to keep people safe. I take it very seriously. Uh -huh. I, I, for 12 years, I've been mayor. And public safety is job one after that economic development. So if Donald Trump or Jeff Sessions think that they can increase safety in my community, I'd like to know about it. I'd be happy to have a discussion with them about it. 
about it. But we are not ready to federalize our local Lansing police. I tried to avoid this fight. But uh, public safety is my job. I didn't wait for Jeff Sessions or Donald Trump. I've been keeping the citizens of Lansing safe for 12 years. And my police chief and the brave men and women of the Lansing Police Department, don't get me wrong, they do the, they, they do the heavy lifting. We don't need, we're, we're not looking for Donald Trump's leadership. And if you want to talk it's easy, it's easy for white men like us to say that who are in the majority, who enjoy what we enjoy. You've but the fact is... Okay, see, so yeah. I was taking you seriously at the beginning, but this is just buffoonish. Now well, it's like I'm a white man, well, so my... My well, that's, views on this are less material that's your, or something? That's your perspective. Try to walk in another man's shoes, though. Walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. <laughs> that's my man, Verge. We're going to bring on here live. I'm going to get him in here right now. So if you guys can hold for just one second, we're going to bring live uh, Verge on live here. Verge, do I got you? <laughs> uh, let's see. You might. There yeah, we go. There we we go. got him. Welcome to the show, my brother, uh, Verge Bonero, former Lansing mayor. How are you doing tonight? Great to be here. I am so impressed with your show. So part of why it took me a minute to answer the phone, because I was watching you <laughs> on the same computer. Uh, you know, all this, all this technology. Thank God my wife uh, really helped set me up here, get, uh, get me going. Uh, okay. But... But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be anywhere without her. Um, but uh, what a program you've well, got. I appreciate and, it. Thank and, you. And not, I'm not just saying that because you had my face on there. I mean, that was a blast from the past. Uh, you, you definitely got the juices flowing. But even before that, uh, very insightful. Uh, I wrote down a couple comments. You know, uh, Erica, of course, you know, what I thought of when you were talking about black and brown uh, people and people of color protesting. And what if they were carrying guns like that, that kind of firepower? is the, the term double standard, the, yeah. the, the double standard that, that people of color, that we live with, that we just, we pretend isn't there. And then when Black Lives Matter crops up, and I've had even, you know, even friends of mine say, well, you know, what is this Black Lives Matter? You know, what about white lives? The, you know, the point is, we, it, it is, as you say, the privilege that people don't recognize um, and the double standard. That uh, and and when you talk and and the problem of open carry, you know, I support everybody's right to protest. That the more I disagree with them, and it has been said, the only dangerous word is the suppressed word in a democracy. Mm -hmm. In a democracy, we can't suppress even you know there's hate speech that, but but you, stuff that you vehemently disagree with. But I but uh, free speech is one thing, and brandishing is another. And what those guys are doing with this open carry, that is not free speech. That is bullshit. That yeah. never should have passed. It's outrageous. Uh, it's offensive. It's intimidating. It's designed to be intimidating. Um, and, you know, we have a tolerant governor. I agree with you, Michael. She's doing a wonderful job. Um, and these are tough calls. These are tough times. But these are tough calls. She didn't call out the National Guard today. She could have. Oh, she yeah. Could. Yeah. We, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have been angry about it if she had. We, we have an emergency situation. We have a, a public health emergency, and the governor could have determined. I think 
that uh, this was a danger to the public health to have people, you know, pro right now. Um, she, they could have set rules for how the protest. But you know what? We respect free speech so much. And I know the governor does. She said, we're going to take a step back. And, you know, to the gentleman who commented, you know, about the police, um, you know, we try when it comes to th this is the state capital. We're a democracy. This we're the capital city. And I heard you say, you know, these are people from the outskirts. We, we know this isn't Lansing. This isn't Lansing. But as the as the capital city and I was mayor for 12 years, we have to. And I served in the legislature. We're the seat of state government. If we believe in democracy. We have to accept that people differ. This is the town square. This is the proverbial. This is where people come to protest. Mm -hmm. So we're going to hear all sorts of stuff that we don't agree with. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, but the guns, that's ridiculous. And, you know, they can carry those guns into the into the Capitol. Oh, I know. I've seen you know, it. They can, they can bring it, which I guess if you're going to have crazy rules that allow people to open carry and, and have loaded guns at the ready, uh, I guess they should allow it at the Capitol. You know, why shouldn't they be able to get shot? Just like us regular citizens, I guess they should be. They, you know, they should be in jeopardy. Fair point. They, they should be in jeopardy as well. Okay. But uh, yeah, th this I, I really hate to even spend so much time on these nuts. These are nuts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you, the governor has had to make some tough calls, and she has served admirably. She has been grace under fire. Uh, these these are tough calls. You know, oh, should we allow? you to go get your seeds, go get your plants. Should we allow this? Should we allow that? I got people complaining. I got my relatives calling me, texting me, oh, well, we can't use our motorboat. You know, we can only use a rowboat, blah, blah, wah, wah. Privilege. Wah, is my yeah. answer. We got a public health pandemic. We're trying to keep people safe. We're trying to keep people alive. These are life and death decisions. And you know, an interesting, another other thing you made me think of, all this talk about the governor, Whitmer this, Whitmer that, the signs they had protesting. I just heard when I got back tonight, I heard uh, Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, mm -hmm. on national TV, saying essentially the same things, doing the same things, taking the same actions, the same emergency orders. Mike DeWine, Republican, white male governor of Ohio, doing many, most of the same things the same way that Governor Whitmer is. But I don't see any protest. Well, Ohio. We, we know it's not about the what she's doing. It's about who she is and the fact that MAGA supporters don't like it. I mean, we know that's what it's about. You know, you know I was in the Senate when Jennifer Granholm was governor, first woman governor. Mm -hmm. And I saw how those legislative leaders, the disrespect, the disdain that they had. Why? Jennifer, Jennifer Granholm was smart, talented, tough, just like Gretchen Whitmer. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't stand it. Those, yeah. Now, these Republican leaders hide it a little better. I got to say, they hide it a little better. They're a little more, oh, they're not as openly disrespectful as what we had back then. The Speaker of the House and the Republican leader back then, they could not stand it. That the, the, the woman, here's this woman trying to call the shots. Well, yeah. she was elected. Yeah. She's an elected governor, okay? So, you know, I've got two, two uh, in addition to a wife, two daughters uh, who are strong leaders, and whether or not they go into politics, I'm proud of them, where they are in their career, and they deserve to be taken seriously. Absolutely. Uh, and, and they will be. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they will. If they got any of your fire, they're, they're going to be they're going to be all right. Watch out. I think the governor has done a wonderful job under pressure. And again, you or I, if we were governor, we might do something slightly different, a little yeah. bit less here, a little bit more. But the point is, these are tough times. Absolutely. These are difficult times. Our governor is leading. She's trying to keep people safe. I'm not going to get into the weeds on should you do this on that day? Should you be able to have a motorboat instead of a... Look, 
you know, it's tough running a whole government like this, and especially in tough time, times like this. And these are life and death decisions. And overall, I got to say, I'm proud of Lansing people, Lansing residents. I see it. My, oh, my yeah. neighbors, look, these are your neighbors and my neighbors. They're, Absolutely. they're smart. They're taking care of themselves. And I want to encourage your listeners, you know, uh, do for other people. This is the time. We aren't out of the woods yet. We aren't out of the woods in a public health way. And we're certainly not out of the woods economically. Economically, there are tough times coming. And I don't want to scare anybody. But... But look, a lot of people are hurting right now. And, mm-hmm. and Lansing is a generous community. It's a wonderful community. Mm-hmm. You know, I raised my kids here. It, it's, it's phenomenal. My wife's still working for the school system. Uh, we've got work to do. We got this homeless encampment, you know, just out near VOA. About uh, that, what do, you, what do you think about, because we just had a major shakeup with uh, Jackson Joan Johnson, who actually was the one who helped a lot of those people out. And I mean, to, to the, I mean, to the point it. where her, her own hands were bare helping these people. And then she was uprooted. And here we have now somebody who I think it's the the uh, labor negotiator Former now leader, is yeah. the person that's over top of her department. I'll I mean, tell you, if there was ever a time for Joan Jackson Johnson when we need her, it's right now. Yeah, uh, I, I, I just can't say enough good about Triple J. Uh, she was she is an institution in this community. Uh, how she was uh, pulled out of there, yanked out of there and accused of things. Uh, none of which have been proven, none of which are true. Uh, the idea that they basically tried to make a criminal out of her. And again, you talk about uh, how people are treated and the disparity in terms of race. I don't want to believe that race is part of it, that racism is part of it. But, you know, Clarence Thomas called it a high tech lynching uh, with when they tried to disparage him. What they've done to Joan Jackson Johnson to try to disparage her name, a woman who is a pillar and I will say is because she has not. They, they've taken her out of City Hall, but uh, her reputation is sterling and they've got nothing on her. They, she, she didn't take a dime. I watched her. I served with her for 12 years and her family at mobile food pantries. I saw her in the cold, in the rain. There were times when I, I wanted to scurry and get inside into the school or into the church and, and, and help people there. But not Joan. She was out there in the rain, in the elements, often with her husband, Vern, often with her daughter, Nikki. And what is her appreciation for? Well, I know the citizens of Lansing still appreciate her. Oh, we but do. To, be, to be unceremoniously removed and accused in all sorts of all sorts of bullshit and turned over to this authority and that authority, none of which has found anything. She and- wasn't the only one, though. Like we've at the city posted an article and there's been multiple uh, African American uh, leaders in in these in these in the uh, organizations within the city that have been removed, and the city posted an article on that and was wondering, and they were kind of implying that it may yeah. have had something to do with race. What people do you think? Are, people, in my view, people of color and people who care about racial justice and racial equity should be asking a lot of tough questions about mm-hmm. the conditions under which these people left. Uh, I mean, some it was obvious that they were uh, pushed out. Uh, Bob Johnson, Martel Armstrong, Mary Riley. Um, and these are uh, some were new talent. Some were longtime pillars who've been here, served this community. When I came to this community and I started to serve, you know, uh, my kids went to North Elementary. I got involved in PTA and I decided to run for county commissioner. And I still remember people said, you got to go talk to Pastor So-and-so. You got to go talk to the NAACP. You got to go talk to this guy over at the UAW. You got to talk to uh, 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 Cyril McGuire. Uh, from the UAW institution, uh, various leaders that were, they were gatekeepers. Now you can say, well, yeah, that was backroom politics. I'll tell you, 
the people in the minority community, they sure there were gatekeepers. There were people looking out and they were part of my education. Mm. I thought I was progressive. I thought I knew about racial equity. What do you know when you're 22, 23, 24 years old? This community educated me. Mm. This community. Yeah, I knew some things. Yeah, I'd read some things. But I was raised, you know, a chubby Italian kid in an Italian neighborhood where I saw most of my relatives, played with people that looked like me, went to school with people that looked like me. Mm. And this community educated me. And the pastors and the gatekeepers educated me. Uh, Praise God that they did. Mm. And phenomenal leaders. And the NAACP had teeth. And if you were going to make a decision that was going to impact, if you were going to take out a pillar of the community, in particular of the black community, you damn well better have done your homework and you yeah. better have mm-hmm. friends and you better be ready to answer for it. And, uh, I, you know, I we're not seeing that same energy from yeah, those groups it, today as we as we would have no. uh, back in the day. In my I opinion, see. we are seriously lacking in all of that that you just spoke of. Yeah, there's been some very public issues with race and how it's been going on with this new administration. And we haven't really heard anything strong or weak from these organizations that you just named. And I'm, I'm, I really wonder what that is or what's going on with that or what, what the situation I remember, is. I remember there was an incident with the police when I was there that didn't make the headlines. It was a young African-American and uh, uh, he had broken into a home and uh, it was his home. But the police had no way of knowing that. Mm. And he went through a window and the postal worker reported it. And so the police showed up and, of course, arrested him. Young African-American was in his house, male, and there was a there was a con- confrontation and it was really testy and it was all on camera. Uh, and, you know, I put cameras on our cops and I'm proud of it uh, that uh, Chief Yankowski and I did. And so we don't have to guess about what happened. We have the footage. And, the, and that's and that's good for everybody. That's good for people accused of crimes. That's good for victims. It's good for the police. We don't have to argue about we have to, here's let's see what the camera says. And uh, it was a testy exchange. And, uh, you know, thank God nobody was shot. Nobody was killed. Um, but this young African-American male was was arrested in his home. And he, he felt this is an outrage. I'm in my house. How dare you? You can't arrest me in my house. As he should. Yeah. Well, but 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 the officer doesn't know that the officer has a report from a from a postal worker who knows the neighborhood that a young black man came in through the window. Well, most people don't come in through the window of their own house. So. Uh, but but the altercation could have been better, blah, blah, blah. But I had to account for it. The point is, I called in his father, other leaders of the black community, and we watched the video and they held me to account for it. They held the police chief. We we had to talk about it as a community. Mm-hmm. But now now I wasn't saying, oh, don't let this go public. Hey, it's public information. You can mm-hmm. do what you want. But let's talk about it. what would you have done? What would you like to see? What, what should the officer have done differently? Does the officer owe this kid an apology? Does the kid owe the officer an apology? The kid lipped off, swore at the officer, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, but the point is, I'm accountable. I don't care how many years you've been mayor, how many years you've been governor, how many years you've been president, you're you're accountable to the people. Absolutely. You gotta be accountable. You, gotta you be, better be. You gotta be transparent. And so the community has to hold you to that. Now, in that case, which you never heard about, and the reason you never heard about it, and nobody ever heard about it was because the, the the leaders there said, boy, you shouldn't have you were you know, you shouldn't have lived off like that to the cop. And, you know, they, and, and there was a good, healthy exchange on all sides. We learned what we could have done better. Uh, they acknowledged that the young man could have been far more polite and so on and less threatening and so on and so forth. But but you didn't hear about it because we, 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 we dealt with it. 
you, you know, you had the case recently with the with the the youngster that was hit hit, hit on the leg. And so on and so forth. There, none of this stuff can be hidden. It's all going to be out in the open, but you need a community conversation. And people have to be held accountable for their actions. As mayor, if you're firing people, uh, if you got to, you know, you got to answer for that. But that means somebody has to be there to hold you to account. Absolutely. And we've been trying to do that in this city. And it's, it is, you know, you got to get people going. You got to get people up here to talk, man. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing is to get people to understand what's going on. So if you're not even willing to have a, the conversation, then there's no growth to to be had yeah so where do you feel like the the nature of the city is at this moment i mean we got a lot of positive things going we got a lot of positive people in place here uh but we do have some deficiencies what do you feel i mean retrospectively now that you've gone do you sit back sometimes and think man i need to get back involved here there's some real <laughs> issues i mean what do you well, think not, on that? I'm not prepared to announce that I'm running for anything. Uh, and I think my wife would come and grab me off the uh, podium here, off the seat, if, if that was the case. But, you know, look, I love Lansing. And uh, I love the people of Lansing, uh, not just my neighbors here, uh, who I do love, uh, and but, but throughout Lansing. I feel like, you know, I have neighbors all over. And the way we take care of, uh, uh, we, we take care of each other. And we must. Look, uh, we're going to go through some things here. We're going to go through some tough times. Um, uh, we, there were th some things I, I disagreed with even before this, but now uh, they say that a crisis does not build character as much as it reveals character. Absolutely. And and we are going to have some times where our character, uh, I think we're going to have a chance for both. We're going to have a chance both to build character and to have our character revealed. Um, this is a time where uh, we have to... Uh, care for for each other we have to step up uh and we're going to find out you know all the, the uh, us that profess to be christians or that profess to be religious uh muslim uh jewish faith most every faith has some version of love thy neighbor uh and and you know do unto others as you would have well the, our faiths are going to be tested now um we really have to do that whether we're talking about you know the homeless tent uh, tent city down by voa um, you know, and if your listeners, uh, those folks, you know, for one thing, need something to eat. Um, and so uh, if you've got uh, if you can get some packaged uh, breakfast uh, uh, cookies or um, breakfast bars, nutrition bars, they can use them down there. Uh, if you're going to deliver them down there, do it in a safe way. You know, wear gloves, whatever. Keep your distance. Uh, we have to do that. This is a time I, I hate the term social distance because to me, we need social closeness. Uh, is this social distance what we're doing right now? No, this is physical distance. Mm. It's social togetherness. Mm. So I hate social distancing. I think we should do away with social distancing. Physical distancing, yes, be safe. But socially, we need to be closer than ever. We need to pull together. We need to look out for our neighbor. We need to worry about the other guy, uh, the guy next door and down the street and down at the homeless uh, uh, shelter. So uh, together, we will get through it. I know some people said, I heard you talking about bullets and guns, Michael, and uh, I've had my own friends and neighbors say, you know, now is the time, you know, and even even good liberal Democrats. I've had tell me, you got to go. I'm going to get a shotgun. You know, are you going to come with me? No, no. Uh, you know, I to me, uh, if somebody, you know, I, I just don't think they're coming for my my bread and, and capicola, uh, you know, and my prosciutto. I. I can't believe they're coming for my prosciutto. And, you know, if they do, I'll happily share it with them. Um, I, I think that we can get through this together. We must get through it together. I hear a lot of politicians saying, you know, we're in this together. We're in this together. Um, 
I, I take that more as a challenge because it's easy to say we're in it together, but not everybody, you know, can broadcast on your show from a computer in their, in their kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're down in a tent, uh, behind the VOA, you know, yeah, we're together, but I'm here and you're there. So are we together? It's a false equality. I think we so talked earlier. I just want to touch base. I didn't want to cut you off, but we talked earlier. You talked about that with the homeless shelters and then also the low income housing and what's going on with that now and how they're kind of building these areas that they're going to house the low income folks at. And well, it's kind of a good look at that. I really challenge your listeners and you to take a good look at that. Maybe invite the guy on. You know, they got rid of Martel Armstrong, uh, who was a proud black man uh, who did a wonderful job uh, running. He came here from Inkster. Um, I stole him away. The mayor was really mad at me and he was doing a phenomenal job. Uh, we were getting great scores on the HUD, uh, HUD uh, reports and audits. And uh, for uh, no apparent reason that I could see, um, the mayor pushed him out. And um, and even today, you know, the mayor won't won't accept responsibility for that. It's one of the things that really irritates me about uh, Andy is uh, he'll do things like that. Like he I want to be clear. He got rid of Martel Armstrong. He pushed him out. I know for a fact because the mayor works through the housing commission, but the mayor appoints those commissioners and the mayor can get rid of them. And so he put pressure on them to get rid of Martel after there was that fire where a woman and I think it was a woman and her son, a woman and her child died in the fire. And they essentially scapegoated Martel and pushed him out. Um, really, they used that as an excuse, but it was really because he just wouldn't do exactly what he was told. Uh, he wouldn't do it fast enough. And because he didn't think he could, they wanted money from the housing commission and he didn't think he could legally do it under the HUD rules. So there's all, there's a lot of articles on that, but anyway, they brought in another guy um, who has far less housing experience and more private sector type experience. Uh, and he's trying to move, he's trying to privatize a lot of the stuff in the housing commission. And when I came to Lansing, there was a big public housing advocate group there was a strong ethic of public housing, affordable housing. We're going to have affordable housing. We're going to take care of people. We're going to have fewer homeless people because we're going to have affordable housing. That's what the Lansing Housing Commission is all about. That's what HUD is about. Well, that's what it was about before uh, what's-his-name got there, Trump and oh, Ben Carson. Oh. <laughs> and now Ben Carson and Trump are pushing this privatization model, and the Lansing Housing Commission is adopting it, wholesale adopting it. So Since saying saying that, you know, because I, I, I happen to see a lot of Trumpian type ways with our administration currently uh, with the propaganda with a whole lot of like you said not taking responsibility for things no actually that are made anything. no accountability i mean do you see that same kind of flow going on here with what we have i mean these are supposed to be our diversity champion progressive type people in this administration that are doing the same tactics this is the thing again like be honest about it my thing right. is and 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 see he ran on transparency he ran. He didn't run on smoke-filled rooms like me. I, I kid. I guess. But he ran on transparency. Like when you run on transparency, you need to be transparent. Like you should be held accountable for that. So so just just accept it. Like we know you fired Martel Armstrong. We know you wanted him gone. We know you pushed him out. Uh, so just accept it. Just admit it and say, look, he had to go. Yes, I pushed him out because this is what he was doing wrong. But th that's what I, I can't stand, really, is when people won't own up to it. Uh, so uh, we should look carefully at what's going on there, because, again, uh, the administration in Washington is pushing a privatization agenda. They're pushing to get rid of these small scale, uh, mixed use, mixed housing. Lansing had a long tradition of not not uh, uh, what do you call uh, uh, warehousing, uh, poor, poor housing for poor people. 
We put it all over. We spread it out. We, we were ahead of our time. Lansing was a leader in public housing. Now we are simply accepting, acquiescing to the demands of Washington and Ben Carson, and now going back to a model essentially of warehousing because the argument is you get more bang for the buck. And the City Pulse did a, did a nice expose on this where the guy admitted, the guy who's now running the Housing Commission basically says, well, what's wrong with warehousing poor? He says, we warehouse the rich. We The rich all live together and nobody complains about that. Wow. In gated communities. It, yeah, yeah, by right. choice. Right. What privilege in yes. that So here we are in 2020, in Lansing, Michigan, never would I have believed the Lansing that I moved to, that I grew up in, that where I learned from the community members, never would I believe that we would be moving backwards, setting, turning back the hands of the clock to where we now are going to go along with Ben Carson and Donald Trump and, 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 and go back to warehousing the poor. Come on. Come on. We got, we got a special poor. guest here, uh, Verge, that I want to bring on uh, just real quick. Uh, Randall Telefero, who we all know as the ex-fire chief here in the city, comes on and says, so true, very different reaction with fire and east, east side gateway incubator. Do you Are you aware of what he's talking about there? I, I, I am not offhand, no. Oh, okay. Of course, Randy Telefero did, did a phenomenal job for us. He was chief. Uh, he, he answered the call. When we had the opportunity, when our chief, our longtime chief retired, uh, I went to East Lansing. I thought, here's a chance where we could we can uh, get a twofer. We can we can bring on a person of color uh, and address some of the uh, issues of equity that we need to in the fire department and also metro government. You know, work on maybe one day having Lansing and East Lansing being one department and actually saving lives and saving money. And Randy Talaferro, being the leader that he is, uh, agreed to it. At that time, the mayor of East Lansing, Vic Loomis, and then Nathan Triplett, when he came on, he continued it. Um, and of course, when Andy Shore came in, uh, he he pretty quickly did away with that and said, we don't need, uh, you know, we we need to have our own chief. I think the excuse was we need a chief just for Lansing. Uh, we can't have this two chief thing is this two department thing isn't working. So, Randy, you go back to East Lansing. Uh, and it so happens, of course, the, his replacement happened to be Caucasian. Um, but. Uh, all that all that progress. And Randy Talfaro had made significant progress on um, getting the departments aligned together, um, whether or not they would have ever been merged fully, which would be phenomenal. It would save money and save lives. I promise you it would save lives and money by getting those making East Lansing and Lansing one department. And Randy Talfaro knew that. But we were taking baby steps, baby steps, getting them to use the same size hoses, getting them to use the same training, you know, getting them together, getting them to work together. Uh, and, and that's different than just saying, oh, well, we have mutual aid. The answer around here, when you talk about metro government, and we can do another segment. Sometime we'll talk about metro government and we can bring in a professor and talk about what that would mean, because it has implications for equity. It has implications, huge implications for social equity. When you look at communities that have metro government like Louisville and Indianapolis, it affects things like poverty, uh, education, everything, because you're, you're, you're spreading the wealth. You're spreading the opportunity when you have metro government. And you would save money and save lives a lot of times when you merge police and fire departments. But around here, of course, everybody's in their silo. And, and you're kidding yourself if you think racism doesn't have something to do with it. Ooh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. um, so um, you put in a whole lot of things talking. We talked about racial equity. And I know personally that you put a whole lot of things in place before you left here. Are those things still in place to bring racial equity within the, um, I shouldn't say the departments, let's say within the city, the city. employees and yeah. the city, the municipalities and so on. You put a whole lot of those things in place. Are those things still in place or what type of things did you do? Uh, I you can't personally? Speak for all of what's there now. What I can say, I mean, the, uh, 
the results, in a sense, speak for themselves. Okay, um, you know, Randy Talaferro was is a fire professional. Okay, uh, he who happens to be African American. Um, I chose him for his competence, his excellence, but also because I felt he was the leader that we needed to address the issues of racial equity. And he did. And he, together with the HR department, uh, we were able to restructure things and look at barriers to entrance for people of color. And it was very important to do that because you want, especially in uniformed personnel, in, with a paramilitary organization like a police and fire department, you must have a department that reflects the diversity of the community. You, you don't want, no mayor wants a 90% white force when you've got a diverse community. You can't afford, in today's day and age, if ever, you cannot afford to have a 90% white monolithic uh, or more uh, paramilitary force coming in to enforce the law because they end up being treated and looked at as an occupying army. They end up being looked at as an occupying force, as, whereas if they're looked at as part of the community because they reflect the community, they look like the community, it's easier to do their job. They're more effective. So the reason to do this, you don't have to be a bleeding heart liberal to believe in equity, it's the right thing to do. It makes sense, it makes you more effective. And so we found the barriers and we addressed them. And the result was, if you look at the classes of officers that we were bringing in, in police and fire, they were diverse. They had women, they had Asian, they had African-American, they had people that looked like the citizens of Lansing. And if you look at the, just simply look at the results, the City Pulse did a story on it. He did away with those things, uh, the new mayor, and got rid of Telefero and look at his first class versus my last class. I don't yeah, think yeah. there was a person of color in, in that class. And then he acted shocked. He's in the city pulse saying, oh, I, I, don't, I can't imagine. And, and they used the excuse, well, we couldn't man the, the fire engines. You know, we, we, we need paramedics. We got to have these paramedics. We were running out of paramedics. And I told the city pulse, I told Kyle Kaminsky, you know, why don't you do your job? And I like Kyle. Generally, I think he does do a good job. He's watching, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's that's, fine. that's fine. I like him. And I think he generally, he's a good journalist. But I've challenged him and I haven't seen him answer this one yet. I said, you know, the mayor makes these assertions. When I made assertions, I was constantly challenged. The City Pulse used to have this Todd Haywood. And Todd Haywood had it in for me. He really couldn't stand my guts. And so he would constantly, everything I said, I had to back it up. Now, it worked out okay because I generally didn't lie. So, but, but the mayor asserts, the current mayor asserts that, well, we were running out of paramedics. We couldn't, we couldn't man the, the we couldn't man the, the, the hours, we, we, the staffing. So we had to raise the standard and say we could only accept paramedics, which when you say we're only going to accept paramedics, you really reduce your field as opposed to, uh, of diversity, as opposed to hiring out of the fire academy and then helping to train them to become paramedics. Mm -hmm. We were, we decided we're going to hire our own. We're going to have a, we're going to put a premium on having Lansing people who graduate from our fire academy. And then we're going to help them become paramedics and they will be even more loyal to us in Lansing. And it all works out financially because when you graduate from the fire academy, you get paid less as opposed to hiring a paramedic. But anyway, he went back to just hiring paramedics and he, he asserted that he had to do it. Well, he didn't have to do it. The union told him he had to do it, just like they always said to me. They'd come into my <laughs> office and huff and puff, the fire union. We go, oh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know, their hair was always on fire. Well, was it on fire because they were running out of paramedics or because they saw too many black faces in the fire halls? Mm, preach. I, I'm not sure. 
I, I don't know. I'm not you can't saying. be sure because no one made um, Mayor well, Shore but, substantiate his words. But when you're mayor, you're responsible. You're responsible. When I heard Donald Trump a couple days ago at one of his conferences, and they said, well, do you accept responsibility? And he said, absolutely not. It's not. No, I don't accept responsibility. Mm. When you're the president, when you're the governor, when you're the mayor, it's your job now. It's on you now. When that first class comes out, you better have an answer for it. Okay, you're calling the shots. Yeah, you got a city council, you got this one and that one. But at the end of the day, the buck stops at your desk. That's what Harry Truman said. The buck stops here. Some people think the buck just gets passed from there. So here we go. I just want to touch on a couple of things because I, yeah, uh, Randall Telefero came on again and said, thank you, Mayor. When you said you wanted diversity, you meant it. So uh, that sounds like an ode to you that what you said you meant, you did what you what did you what said you, said you were going to do, and you did it. I okay. love Randy, and and Randy, we didn't always agree. He would tell you, you know, we had disagreements, of course, mm. and we had arguments. I want people that are going to argue with me, and mm. maybe this is maybe this is the biggest difference between me and the current mayor. I had this reputation, angry mayor. People might have thought, oh, I want yes men. I only had one yes man. I'm not even going to say who it was. Some of you know, I had one yes man out of all my people. Renee Freeman wasn't a yes person. My right arm in the mayor's office. Everybody who knows Renee Freeman knows she's no yes man. Uh, you know, I had my people stood up to me constantly and I wanted that. Bob Johnson, development director. We had massive go rounds and fights. But I want people that are going to challenge me that that's going to make me better. You know, at the end of the day, yes, the buck stops with me. But before we get to the point of making a decision and he, frankly, even after the decision, we would argue. People would still, Bob Johnson and I still argue about parking in Rio town. Uh, you know, there are some, <laughs> but, but you want, you, you know, you want a strong enough leader that is going to surround himself who are leader with people who are leaders in their own right. Mm -hmm. Joan Jackson Johnson was a leader mm -hmm. in her own right. She didn't need Burge Barrero to, to give her authority. Mm -hmm. She had authority. Now that intimidates some people. Some people are intimidated when you have strong-willed African-American leaders. You know, that, that can intimidate some folks. You know, I want strong leaders, regardless of what race, ethnicity, I want people that are confident in their own skin and are going to stand up. And I don't want, you know, and stop me from making a mistake. Absolutely. Uh, I don't want all people that, that look like me and sound like me and agree with me. Absolutely. <laughs> Occasionally, though, I would like to have somebody around here who agrees with me. Huh, honey? <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Kaminsky comes on and he says, I can vouch for being challenged by Venero. So what are you going to do about it, Kyle? <laughs> uh, I, I, I really want to say this, and I'm not trying to, to uh, butter his bread. Kyle is, I really believe, uh, we are lucky to have I some agree. Of, I agree. of his uh, dedication and his skill. And really, he's discerning. He really digs in. Uh, I, and th frankly, the city pulse. And, and again, I have a long history with the city pulse, arguing, going, going to the wall, going to the mat with Burl. Praise, thank God for the city pulse. Thank God for Very the city great. pulse mm -hmm. that they were there to challenge me, that they're there to challenge this mayor and the governor and whoever else. We need local journalism. That's what Kyle represents. Now, if I thought Kyle, you know, was a lousy reporter, you know, I wouldn't mention his name at all because I don't go around saying fake news, fake news. I don't, I'm not going to denigrate them. If I bring up a reporter, well, I did bring up Todd, but he's no longer a reporter. Um, so, and I wish him well, uh, wherever he is now. But, but you know, I, I, I asked the journalists to do their job. I would often challenge them. 
but I wouldn't go out. I never turned them away. You know, I dealt with reporters that I couldn't stand and I never called them fake news because they represent who they represent the people. They're supposed okay? to. Yeah. They not like them and the questions they ask. But in our system, free press is crucial. How are the people going to get their news? Well, they get it this way. This is one way. But you need tough journalists that are going to get out there and ask tough questions. And I ain't going to like all their questions. Mm. And that's OK. Uh, but but I just ask that they get it right. And so when I read it. And it's not like, oh, you didn't make me look good. But no, you got this fact wrong. You were you were unfair to this person. Mm -hmm. I thought that the press overall, the, especially the electronic press, was wildly unfair to Joan Jackson Johnson. Mm -hmm. I thought that they made her seem like she was guilty. And oh, I think sure. a lot of times oh, yeah. that's how it is. And especially, frankly, for people of color, that you're guilty until proven innocent. Mm -hmm. Nobody in this country should be guilty until proven innocent. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. But sadly, and and and. And, I got, and, I, and I'll say the City Pulse did better than anybody. OK, I, and I mean that I believe it. They did better than anybody. And they even did a whole separate thing saying, look, she's she's innocent until proven guilty. Let's not forget. And she has not been proven guilty. And I don't believe she will be proven guilty of one damn thing. And then I can't wait to see the mayor answer for it because they put her through hell. But and will he, though? And sullied her reputation. And for what? Because she didn't dot the right I and cross the T and didn't fill out the paperwork exactly right. So what? That, that all can be corrected. Somebody's reputation, it's very hard to give them back. Absolutely. Say that it's, again. It's, uh, I, I understand that totally. I, yeah. can, I can get that 100% when your reputation is damaged for absolutely no reason. Especially it's really hard to get it back. Especially somebody with that platform and that power. Yeah, for the platform. You know, and I've, I've had my own interactions with Jackson and Joan Johnson, and she's nothing been nothing but helpful to me. I mean, she was a part of the task force at Lansing Catholic to find if there was any racial issues there. She was ahead of that. Um, I've worked with her you know, directly. You know I know, you oh, know yeah. that if you bring in, if you call in auditors and say, go through Michael and Erica's stuff. Hey, hey, don't say that. Say somebody else. <laughs> if, you call in, if you call in auditors and say, look, uh, look into this guy, look into that. You know, they're auditors for a reason. Mm -hmm. They're, they're there to be picky, fine tooth comb. They're going to find something. Absolutely. And of course, they always did. If you look at the audits for 12 years, I was mayor. Every department was audited every year. And there are things called an exception, audit exceptions. And they come and say, you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. An audit exception, that, that's common. That tells you you got to do this differently, file that differently. It, it's not saying you stole the money. OK, mm -hmm. that, that's a whole different story. Yeah. When I used to get these audits and they would come in. And these stone-faced budget people would come in to see me, and, I, and they'd say, here's the audit. And I'd say, did anybody steal anything? They'd say, well, no. i say, well, okay, that's a good audit. That's they'd say, well, we got these exceptions. Okay, well, these things, all right, don't do that again. They're telling you, don't file this this way. Don't put that there. Don't take money from this issue. You know, if somebody took in the police budget the line item for, for uh, 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 paper, uh, paper clips and spent it on bullets, you know, maybe they shouldn't have done. I don't really care. OK, maybe it should have been reported more carefully, whatever. Now, if somebody put the money in their pocket. That's a different issue. That almost never happened. And it didn't happen with Joan Jackson Johnson. Mm -hmm. Her family was out there with her, busting their asses, working hard on behalf of people, keeping people clothed, keeping people fed, putting a roof over people's head. That's what she's guilty of, working night and day and putting the people first. And for that, and, yeah. and for that, because maybe she didn't do the right form in just the right way, and she moved the money from here to there. Oh, it's a conflict of interest. 
her husband serves on the board of this loaves and fishes and loaves and fishes gets money from the city. So here he is, Vern Johnson, a retiree, putting in time, serving as a volunteer basis. And because he's putting in time, now, you want to show me that he took something, that's a different issue. But because he's on the board, technically, I guess he shouldn't have been on the board. Whatever. The money went to where it was supposed to go. It's feeding people. Give me a break. And all this implication. So, yeah, I'm I'm torqued off about that. Uh, It's no small thing. And Joan Jackson and her family are owed an apology. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I agree, hundred percent. Even if it's not just, even if it's just for the reason it was handled, you know, yeah. that's period. I mean, it, the the implication of guilt was completely all over every In every very public. every media that you've seen, everything mm-hmm. coming out of from the downtown. It was all that she was guilty, and hey, just wait mm-hmm. and see. We've got yep. it all, and Heavily we still haven't implied. seen anything. So it's it is it's it's a it's a uh, it's a like you said it's a it's a new age lynching. I mean, they just. Completely lynched her personality, yep. her credibility, but and everything else. But then it dies else. down. So I, I can't deny that. And it dies down, and no one's talking about it anymore. But and then we don't swing where, back around to say, hey, you said these things. Exactly, Erica. And that's what I'm talking about. The community I came to would never have tolerated that. The Lansing that I came to, no mayor, black, white, purple, green, no mayor would get away with bringing down somebody, taking down, taking out somebody of Joan Jackson Johnson's character, a lifetime of giving to this community. They would never tolerate that person being cut down and cut out and removed and having her reputation sullied with nothing, mm. with no result, no, nothing criminal. And all this just, just putting a cloud over her mm. and no accounting for that, no mm. apology, no nothing. You wanna tell me because some picky and bureaucratic rule I'm not saying rules, of course, they're there to be followed. Yes, but there's a way to handle that. That's There's a way to handle an audit exception. Mm-hmm. And it's not pushing practically pushing somebody out with handcuffs. To the Come feds, on. yeah. Agreed. No, I agree 100%. I agree with that 100%. And so this new appointee of her department, um, Nick Tate, what is his credentials of running a department like that? I know what Jackson Jones Johnson did. I mean, I, she has... You know, she I've seen her, like you said, boots on the ground in these situations. So was she going overboard in her uh, availability to the people or was that part of her job? And how was he filling that job? Well, with Joan, uh, you know, it's a it's a mission with Joan. uh, You know, it reminds me of that old Blues Brothers line about we're on a mission from God. Um, Joan was on a mission. Mm. She was on a mission. Yeah, it was a job. She got paid, but not like most people do a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, her, it was a higher call that she answered to. And frankly, maybe that's what people were threatened by. Mm-hmm. Because Joan, Joan, you couldn't intimidate Joan Jackson Johnson. You couldn't bully Joan Jackson Johnson. You couldn't mm-hmm. leverage Joan Jackson Johnson because she didn't answer to your, to, to the typical pe- petty political bullshit concerns. She didn't respond to that. She answered she was on a mission. And and I accepted that. And I I came to understand it and I came to respect it and I came to admire it. Yeah, you had somebody who was very capable and you just kind of let them go to do what they had to do, correct? I mean, I I I questioned her now and again and you know what? She always had the answer. Kyle Kaminsky comes on and says it's Kim Coleman now that's running that that yes. portion. Okay, I did, I wasn't aware of that. She's the director. Yeah, oh, I think gotcha. may have been there temporarily. 
Oh, I got. Yeah, you. Okay. I think in the interim. Okay, so yeah, yeah she's, she's City Pulse did an article. City Pulse is awesome. I, I appreciate everything they do because they do dig deep. They do, and a lot of people don't I pay attention forward, to. I look it. forward to them going back, and you know, I know right now everybody's caught up with coronavirus, and it'll be with us for some time to come. And that's where you know we're all going to learn how to live with coronavirus, with COVID nineteen, and also carry on our other responsibilities as citizens. We're going to learn to do that. And I wanted to, I don't know how much time we have. I want we got to, as much time as you want you there, need. boss. I wanted to talk a little bit, just a little bit about this COVID thing. Uh, I heard the governor tonight. I mean, she did another wonderful job. Um, look, I got up this morning. I, I, I was kind of in the doldrums, you know, um, and we're going, my, my father is going through some health challenges. I'm fortunate enough to still have my father. He'll be 95 next month. Uh, knock on wood. Oh, wow. Um, but, but, uh, you know, there was snow on the ground. It's cold. We still got this damn COVID thing hanging over our heads. You know, my, my, uh, the, I, I can't see my family in the way that I would like to, you know, we're Italian, you know, we like to hug and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, uh, like, like a kiss without a squeeze is like pizza without, without cheese, you know? So, um, uh, it's, I was in a miserable mood this morning. Um, we're all trying to cope with this in our own way. And then I look at the blessings that I have. You know, I've got a park in my backyard. Uh, I've got, a, a, you know, a wonderful uh, wife creating a wonderful warm home. I can go walking and I can I can complain about the cold and the snow and the hail that hits me in the face. But I got a nice warm place to come back to. And uh, we've got people to take care of. You know, we've got a job to do in this community. We've got to be our brother's keeper. And again, a lot of us who claim to be people of faith, this is our chance to shine. And I want to us to remind our, you know, you, your viewers, this is our time, you know, to be to listen to that better angel on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. And this is the time to be your brother's keeper. Again, physical distance, not social distance. Mm -hmm. uh, we've done some things, you know, we're we're looking out for the, the you know, this lady across the street, this guy over here. You know, we you know, the, the, the people that need help mm -hmm. in your in your neighborhood. Um, and this is your chance to look out for them. Uh, and I, I, I have no doubt that Lansing is going to step up. Um, you know, the government's going to be challenged. Uh, the, the, there's going to be deficits, the state government, the city government. So the government's not going to be able to do everything. You know, I'm willing to, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm willing to be as charitable as I can be to the leaders um, who are going to be challenged. Uh, but this is a chance for all of us to be leaders. This is in a, in a democracy Citizen, the office of citizen is the highest position, the most important position. I like that. And we've got other jobs to do. This is an election year. You know this. Mm -hmm. Michael and Erica, you know this. Your listeners know this. Mm -hmm. uh, this is an election year. And so you don't, we don't have time for a pity party. I wanted to have a little pity party out for today. I was, you know, I was in a bad mood. It took me a while. I was in a little bit of a funk. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. <laughs> and, and, and it's okay, you know, for if you need a couple hours, you know, downtime. But but uh, shake it off and, and get busy. And, yeah, we can't go about it just in the same way we used to. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to go down to the home, you know, if you're going to go here, you know, you got to put on a mask for now until we get better information. You're going to have to follow the best information. Get gloves, get a mask, you know, cover your mouth, uh, take the precautions, but don't do nothing. You know, and by the way, reach out and touch someone. There are people in your family, people with mental health challenges uh, or not people that are lonely. Um, that phone call can make all the difference. You know, now we're so lucky. Look how we can communicate. You got FaceTime, you got Skype, you got all this technology. Uh, so use what you've got. Uh, I went and visited a friend of mine, his grandma. He's out of town, but his grandma lives here. 
my wife and I went and visited her, brought her a little something, you know, set it on the porch. Mm-hmm. I came back and, and talked from a distance. Uh, wonderful, sweet lady. Um, and I could tell she didn't want me to, you know, to go right away. Mm-hmm. And I stayed and talked. Um, those little things right now, this is time for that. This is time to really think those little things, those little niceties can make a huge mm-hmm. difference. That's how we're going to get through this. And, and you'd be amazed the reverberating effect of that. You extend yourself again, not in an unsafe way, but uh, physical distance, not social distance. Absolutely. So think of how you can boost Love your name. That. Think of what you can do. And if you have the ability financially to help, uh, I know that. And again, we've got to fight these instincts. We've got these conflicting instincts because part of us says, oh, my gosh, I got to like the hoarding thing. You know, I should go and get I should stock up on this and stuff. Well, there's no danger. The food system is not in danger. You know, there's really no you can be if you can afford to be generous. I understand if you're laid off, you may not be able to give like you would. But if you can afford it, if you've got a job where you're going to continue, uh, the food bank needs your help. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many there's a myriad of ways. The school district needs your help delivering meals. Um you know, they're trying to keep that because the kids who, who uh, uh, no longer are going to school, they, a lot of them were getting uh, free and reduced lunch. We're getting breakfast and lunch. So the school district could use your help volunteering for that. There's a myriad of ways you can be safe and still be involved in, in, in answering this crisis. We will get through this crisis in that sense. So when we, when we hear this and you hear these commercials on TV, we're in this together. We're in this together. Well, again, I take that as a challenge. When I hear that, I think, well, are we? Am I doing enough? Mm. Am I doing If we're in this together, that means that means I'm with the guy in the tent. If mm. we're in this together, he's living in a tent and I'm in here. How are we in this together? Absolutely. So so if you don't feel a little twang of twinge of guilt when you hear that, you know, togetherness, then ask yourself, what are you going to do to make sure we are together? Absolutely. So if you ain't going to go live in the tent, what are you going to do to make that guy in the tent a little more comfortable? Hmm. So it's a so, call to action then, say uh, Virgin yes. Monero, to get out here and, and help your, your brother and your neighbor. We're in this together isn't just a soundbite. It's I a call to action. It. It's a challenge. Yeah. And hope is a moral imperative, as uh, somebody once said. Hope is vital. And some people don't have it. Mm-hmm. And hope is a moral imperative. It's not just putting on rose-colored glasses and saying, oh, yeah, we're going to get out of it. It's going to be. It's, it's a call to action, as you said, Erica. Hope is a call to action. And it's your job. If you're privileged like we are to be living indoors and have heat and have food, then you ought to be spreading hope. And that means action. Absolutely. And so let me just say real quick, I don't want to I don't want to let you go yet because I got some more here. If you got a little you got a little second to to sit with us, you got a water. Uh oh. (laughs) <laughs> um, I can't let you go without talking about. We talked about the local I've already government. Got in so much trouble. I mean, Kyle's on the other line. He's over there. Right? <laughs> I think Kyle loves you. He, he yeah. said his last comment was that his bread was buttered. You said you didn't want to butter his bread. <laughs> so I think Kyle's okay. Um, <laughs> so I can't. I can't let you go without talking about the state of the union of the of the of the country. What what what's you know? We talk about the local government here in the city and the state, obviously, but. You've been very vocal when it's come to our president and our and our government and so on and so forth. So we talked earlier and you talked about the the spat that Trump had about his his all empowering power over top of everything and so on. So like, what, do you, what is your today. take on the Donald Trump era government that we're living in today? Um, I'm going to try to stay upbeat um, because but but, you know, I also believe in call it call it like I see it. 
um, this this is unbelievable what we have. And uh, I think that, uh, I mean, it's obvious he's an embarrassment and a disgrace uh, on any given day. Basically, any of these performances you watch, you can find something utterly disgraceful, uh, embarrassing, and usually even despicable uh, in virtually every one of his performances. Now, there is there is no there is no president in my in my lifetime, and I've been paying attention since Nixon. I've been watching presidents since Nixon, uh, personally, um, and then I've read about others. You you cannot find a president who virtually every time he gets up says something stupid, says something despicable, says something embarrassing, says or something dangerous, disgraceful, and or dangerous. So so he is clearly in a class by himself. And I'm not even going to say I'm sorry to those who are who I offended because I'm not. Okay, these these are facts. Uh, and I have some good friends that are Trump supporters. And you you know you still you, are they still Trump supporters? I, you know I still have some good friends and family members. No, are, I I know they're still your friends, but are they still supporters? Still, even? Uh, yes, yes. How? I, it's beyond me. It's beyond me. But I will say this: I believe that the vast majority. I I don't believe that he can win a fair and free election. I don't believe, I absolutely, in spite of every, now, you see what they're doing to voter rights. You see the Voting Rights Act is being shredded. You see that the Supreme Court, that's why it was so vital. The Republican Party, look, briefly, uh, I'm not going to give a whole, this is a whole separate show, but someday we can study up on it, talk about it, and you can find somebody on here, bring somebody on who wants to argue with me. But the Republican Party is not the Republican Party of most of our uh, adulthood. Uh, the Republican Party is no more. It is, they are a minority party. They are going down. And they know it, okay? Because they—they, they, it's not that every Republican is a racist, but if you're a racist, you're you're in the Republican Party, okay? It's not so that, that, that right, it's right. different. It's different. I'm not saying because I have Republican friends that are not racist, but but the problem is all the racists reside in the Republican Party, and the Republican Party is uh, it's uh, it's just basically an old white male uh, good old boy club. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's dying, okay? So all the diversity. All the growth, all the strength, all the progressivity is on the Democratic side. So they are losing. I mean, lots have been written on that. They are a dwindling party, and they knew that. And that's why they had to shred the Voting Rights Act. That's why they have to deny people the right to vote. That's why they have to do voter, uh, you know, Jim Crow laws, a return to Jim Crow, and attack voting and, and have long lines, you know, reduce the number of precincts in minority areas, all the shit that they're doing all across the country, because they, they don't want uh, people of color to show up, because if you show up, they lose. Exactly. I mean, they know that. And Trump, I will say the one thing that surprised me, the one honest thing he said recently is he acknowledged what I just said. He basically said, I don't know if you saw that, you should find it and play it. The other day, he said, if we do what they want, uh, no Republican will ever win. Oh, wow. He, he basically acknowledged because the Democrats were trying to put money in the assistance bill to, to improve the voting system to allow vote by mail. Mm -hmm. Because we Democrats, we've always, and see, we've always believed in people voting. You know, it wasn't just because we, we wanted to win. We thought, well, gosh, people of color, you know, did get the right to vote, you know, Hmm. You know, we did free the slaves. Maybe we should allow them to actually vote, to actually have their constitutional rights now. Mm -hmm. And so back in the 60s, we passed the Voter Rights Act and we said states aren't going to be allowed to just, you know, keep people of color away from the polls anymore. We're not going to have poll taxes and other shit that keeps we're not going to have these obstacles. And now the Supreme Court is turning back the clock on wow. that. 
Um, but especially in the age of COVID, uh, the Democrats wisely wanted to put money in to help clerks like Chris Swope and others around the country who don't have the money. Now, in, in here, we've already done it because in Michigan, you can vote by absentee. And Chris Swope has always been dedicated to that, to opening that up as much as possible. Mm. But uh, in other states, they don't. It costs money to do vote by mail. Uh, now, of course, it costs money to man polling stations, too. So really, it may end up wa being a wash. But uh, but Trump said we can't have that. He acknowledged it, that if we if we did that, you know, no Republican will ever win because they are a minority party. And when I say that, I mean they are in the minority because Absolutely. you can't win elections with just crotchety white men. So so uh, there is a realignment happening in this country. But you notice I said that Trump can't win a fair, a fair, free election. Mm. So that's why you got to really be on your guard. You really got to be on your guard because you got to ask yourself, what is Trump going to try? And what he said today, I challenge you to look up what he said today, because apparently right. he said something about suspending Congress. Yeah. That, I mean, he basically he look, he's an authoritarian. He really is a dictator wannabe. And we all know that anybody who's discerning, anybody who pays attention to the things he says, the way he talks about Putin, the way he talks about Xi, the way he talks about these strongmen dictators all around uh, president for life. Xi, oh, that sounds good, doesn't it? And it's not just a joke. Like when you say yeah. something once, maybe it's a joke. Mm. But when you say it over and over again. Yeah. So the guy really admires these guys who don't have to run for office, who just get in. And believe me, if he had his way, I mean, he would he, he doesn't plan to ever leave the White House. I mean, he plans to stay and he plans that after him, Ivanka would come in. I mean, he's got a whole plan in his head. Oh, I'm sure. So uh, so we have to see to it that that doesn't happen. We have to make sure that or he'll take a cyanide capsule uh, <laughs> because <laughs> the FBI is on the way. And, and that's why, of course. I mean, if I had my druthers, it would be Biden-Obama. Mm. Which one? Well, there's only one that would be eligible. Is, is, that, is that the thing? I didn't know if, she, if he would be eligible to he run his vice. He's, he's in, ineligible. Yeah. But yeah. Michelle, who is every bit as smart and, I believe, tougher. Mm. I'm not going to say she's smarter than him, but she's certainly every bit as smart. Smarter and, than him. And, but I will argue tougher. Tougher than him. And we need tougher than him. He wasn't tough enough. I liked Obama. I voted for him twice. Wasn't tough enough. Mm. Michelle doesn't have that problem. Mm -hmm. She is tough as nails. Michelle Obama next to Joe Biden. Now, that's a ticket that could not lose. Now, when I say that to people, and I'll let you go shortly. When I say that to people, they say, well, oh, yeah, it'd be wonderful. And I've said it to the head of the Democratic Party. I've had it, said it to many people. And they say, well, it'd be wonderful, of course. I mean, we love Michelle, but she would never, but she wouldn't do it. She would. And I go, well, why? Well, she, you know, I go, well, why? Help me to understand why Michelle Obama. Why do we accept that? Michelle Obama raised these girls in the White House, in the eye, and she, she managed to protect them. Okay, they're now adults. Does she want her grand? The question is, does Michelle Obama and Barack Obama, did they want their, and I understand they've served. Now, she's under no obligation. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying here that she must do it, that she owes us this, but I'm saying she should do it. And I'm saying she should want to. And this is why. Because Michelle and Barack Obama, they know as well as anybody, if not better, the damage that Trump can do in a second term. Mm -hmm. And they must know that if he gets a second term, all bets are off. No holds bar. Look what he's already done to the Justice Department with Fred Flintstone in charge. Mm -hmm. Even, even <laughs> that Bill Barr, he is a disaster. Now, Sessions, even though Sessions was a Southern, you know, arguably moss back, everything, 
Even Sessions was a pillar of justice next to Fred Flintstone, Bill Barr, who is a piece of crap, an absolute piece of crap and cares nothing about justice or the Justice Department. Can you imagine what Trump would do in four more years? What our system of justice so-called would look like? Can you imagine the pardons that would take place? You think Manafort and these other guys that are in prison, you think they'd be there for 10 minutes? Please. So Michelle and Barack, I believe, love this country. I believe they're patriotic as anybody. Oh, sure. And Absolutely. I believe want their grandchildren to grow up in an America of opportunity for all, in an America of justice for all. And so I don't think it's out of the realm. I think that if we need Michelle Obama, I'd like to start a draft of Michelle Obama right here on your program, because I think that Michelle Obama on the ticket would guarantee victory. Why should we fool around with anything less? If you agree, Erica, then why should we settle? And I'm not, and don't get me wrong. Look, I like a lot of the contenders, including uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Okay. I was going to ask you about that one later, but go ahead. I, I, I like the list. I think, look, what's her name? Demings from Florida. She's wonderful. Uh, uh, the, the, the gal from Georgia who lost the governor, she's great. Mm -hmm. uh, they're good people. Uh, Gretchen has cut her teeth. She, she's proven her, her grit in all of this. But in a typical year, I'd say, great, any of them. This ain't typical. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump mm -hmm. is no typical. If he gets that second term, I believe our democracy is in peril. Oh, yeah. If you believe that, and if you believe that Michelle Obama is a slam dunk, that Biden Obama cannot lose, mm. then why aren't we pushing for that? We need Absolutely. a win. Well, we'll talk after this about doing that because I'm all for it, man. We'll put our both our names on that and try to push that through and get some some type of action on that. But I was going to ask you about Can the you Whitmer. You, you answered that one. Say again. How petrified Trump would be if he heard that? Oh, I know. I would love he, it. He tried to onslaught on her, and there's nothing he could really say about. Uh, can you imagine Obama. the debate between Pence and Michelle Obama? Oh man, <laughs> I would love it. So that's my dream ticket. We've already talked yeah. about that. That's my dream ticket. I mean, happen. Let's do it. I'm, right. I'm on board. I'm, I'm all for it. I so mean, no offense. I know she could. She look. You could say she's deserves. She deserves to rest and this. But the thing is, I don't want to say what. What better does she have to do? But I mean. What better could she do? What what legacy for her children and grandchildren to say when the country needed me, when we needed to ensure, ensure that Donald Trump did not get a second term, even after we had served in the White House. And I understand she served because being first lady mm. uh, in the White House, that, that's a lot of pressure. So she served just as much as Barack did. And I'm yeah. sure she was there counseling him and advising him. So asking her to do one more tour of duty is not inconsequential. It's no small sacrifice to ask. Absolutely. But I also believe she is such a patriotic American mm -hmm. and loves this country and loves justice enough that if we ask and plead, she might just answer the call. She's not so politically craven. She's not going to seek it for her own self. No. But mm. if it's the but will of the people. Might, but she might answer the call. I haven't heard it put the way you said it, though. That What you said was so... Uh inspiring to me so if i had the ability to guarantee a ticket guarantee a win to stop this tyranny that's going to happen with trump staying in it's tyranny it would yeah be, if she if it he gets be. that second term if he gets that second right now if you said if i said to you well do you think ivanka will be president when he's done most people would laugh 
But if he yeah. gets that second term, oh I would People laugh when they said that he would be president. Uh, thank you. So and we know it's happened. possible. Exactly. You know, the probability is even greater, to be honest exactly. with you. I mean, he's even put her in place now. But we talked about, you talked about him talking about shutting down the government. I did catch a piece of what he talked about today. And what he was talking about was these federal judges that are in the weights to be to be named. And he was stating that they that he wants the uh, Congress to con- quit going home and start naming these people or to um, basically threaten them that it, that he could he could do. He could just appoint them all. Right. Yeah. Well, what he's saying is he wants them to take a recess. So he threatened and said, I will force you into recess so that you wouldn't because when they're not in session, he can just appoint. He can just himself. do it. Right. Just so he's himself. saying he's saying basically he's a king. He's an autocrat and he yep. can. He can just unilaterally, even though the Constitution says they have the right of consent, uh, advice and consent, that he's going to order them, that he's now going to push around the Congress. It doesn't work that way. OK, yeah. that, that, that's a king. He, he keeps confusing himself with a dictator. But people are allowing him to do it. I mean, the things that he's done and people keep talking about the, what he can and can't do. But he's doing these well, things because Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, these guys, they're total. They just succumb to whatever. They, why they, is that? Yeah. You said because the Republican Party is a dying party. And so why are they grabbing on to what they believe is growing so that but, they can have those numbers? The Republican Party was a dying. That's a very good point. Because the Republican Party is and was a dying entity, it's now the Trump-Publican Party. There, yeah. There is no Republican Party. It's a Trump yeah. party. Uh, he tolerates no dissension. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, you can't say that. People, people will say, oh, every president does that. No. No, Barack Obama didn't try to do that. He didn't no. he didn't try to push other leaders out and say, you answer to you give me totally what I want or else. Or else. No, he even was, though I wish he had done that sometimes, you know, he was a, right. I, I wish he'd been more forceful, but he was a consensus guy. Mm-hmm. He was a guy that said, you know, I'm going to respect Nancy Pelosi. She's the leader in the legislature. I'm going to look to her, use her expertise and so on. And in the same, you know, which, which I believe in that type of leadership, you you provide strong leadership. Uh, but you surround yourself with good people, you know, whether it's a cabinet you appoint or in in uh, this case, a Congress that is elected. You know, you really all the more have to respect the fact. And and speaking of strong women who have done a phenomenal job, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, mm. don't even get me started. We don't have time. Nancy Pelosi. And I don't say that just because she's Italian, a paisan. But um, she uh, grew up in Baltimore, I believe. Her Her dad, I think, was the mayor. And uh, she's but just done a phenomenal, just wonderful, uh, just such a class act. You know, now they tried to make such a big deal because she ripped up that speech. You know, she's had so few little tantrums, little antics. When you compare to the president, to what Trump has done. Thank please, you. Please. But then again, it comes a double standard because she's a woman. Yeah, that's right. It's a big That's one. How dare you take How, a stand yeah. on anything as a exactly. woman? And oh, outwardly she in, in Trump's White House. She she's the picture of calm, the picture of grace. She is grace under fire. If oh, you look man. up grace under fire in the dictionary, Nancy Pelosi is there. And to be and, and, you know, I'm not you never say anything about a woman's age. But look, I mean, it's it's she's a public figure it's no secret. to be to be as sharp as she is as a tack at her age is incredible. Mm-hmm. She almost never misspeaks. You know, I hope I'm that good in, in now or in five years, never mind in, in 10 or 20 years. She, it's, it's all the more astounding. These guys, when you look and they and they try to make fun of Joe Biden and his, you know what, Joe Biden, for his occasional malapropisms and, and problems with the English language, Joe Biden, you know, at least you can say, OK, yeah, at a certain age, you might forget a word or whatever. 
he has a, an excuse. He ain't nuts like Trump. Yeah, exactly. Now, what's yeah. Trump's excuse? Okay, he's younger, but he's always saying crazy shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 he don't apologize for it. He doesn't correct it. Yeah, but yet they want to. Yet they want to say Sleepy Joe. Well, you know what? I'd rather have Sleepy than crazy. Absolutely. I agree. So erratic. So I've always loved your energy, um, uh, and I just I just wonder. You know, you would be a great contrast to what we have out there in the White House right now in some form or fashion out here politically. You don't have any ambitions of getting into anything politically again? Uh, well, I could I, I could ask the same thing of you and your wife. And I mean oh. this and I mean this sincerely. Now, I mean these two things sincerely. The office of citizen is the most important office. And I'm not the first one to say that. Uh, so we should find out who said it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Thomas Jefferson said something like that. Um, that you have to have an involved citizenry and they can make all the difference uh, when citizens get involved. And one citizen talks to another, to another, and bam, pretty soon you got a movement. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're the ones that can hold the politicians accountable. And if we don't, woe to us, because that's what our system depends on. Absolutely. Uh, and you, you two are a classic example. Lansing, you know, of Lansing, and you're some of the best of Lansing. So I wouldn't surprise me to see one of you on, on a ballot sometime soon. We have we need good people on our school board. We need good people on our county commission. We need good people on our city council uh, in the state legislature. And these are citizens. They're they're citizens who stepped forward. And in some cases, not too many other people did. A lot of these offices even run unopposed sometimes. Mm. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, in Lansing Community College, by the way, as well, is an elected uh, board. So there are opportunities and there's a need for leadership. Uh, so am I going to say never? I mean, compared to some of these guys running, I'm a spring chicken. So I still have I still have time to decide. So I'm not here to I'm not here to announce my candidacy for anything. I'm also not here to say that I'll never run again. Absolutely. Uh, serving the citizens in as mayor was the highest honor of my life. It was the greatest challenge of my life. I'm grateful for that opportunity. Um, I, I loved it, and I love the people of Lansing. I appreciate you, we man. Appreciate I really do. You. Appreciate having you on, Verge. I it hope we fun. can do this more fun. often. Kyle will let me know how much trouble I got in. I guess. Uh, oh, you know, I'm I'm probably more in, in line to get in trouble than you are, there, Verge. <laughs> so uh, I think you got a great show, even before me. I think you got a great show. Keep pushing uh, and asking the tough questions, and uh, you know, we'll I'm sure we'll do some stuff together. Absolutely. I'll have you on my show soon. Oh, I would love to. I'd absolutely love to. I've been a big fan of yours for years. I think you really do epitomize what the city is about, man. And you have it. You have the, the passion for it. So I appreciate you. Bless you. Thank you so much. Stay encouraged and keep encouraging your audience. We're going to get through this together. All right, Verge. I appreciate Thanks, you. Verge. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wowzers, Woo. you guys, that was deep. That was a great conversation. Man, thank you, Virg. <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, I mean, what didn't we cover? I mean, we the, got into we got all of it. We got into it all. We Everything in, that's probably been on our mind today and things into, we didn't even know was on yeah, our mind. We got into all of it. I mean, he talked on every aspect of the local government. Um, I mean, things that are absolutely important to the people and the citizens of the city. And that's what our goal is here to talk about those things that are detrimental to us as, as citizens. Yeah. Um, how, how things were and what we should be expecting out of our leaders right now, our local leaders. You know, he used a phrase that I really, really appreciated. He said 
these people and these organizations used to have teeth. And we definitely are missing some of that, you know, these days, you know, people got to have teeth and speak out and hold people accountable for the words that they use, the things that they say, the platforms that they're using. I mean, like, is this the Trump effect that, that we're seeing where you can just say things and just not have to hold accountable for it? You know, that's what he yeah. talked about is it. That's what he talked about in our local government is people doing things, saying things. I mean, making huge decisions and then not being held and then account. creating distance from it and like acting like you didn't know that that's going to it's you know, it's funny that he mentioned um, he, he was talking about um, the whole the class, you know, the City Pulse article that they did and how those two classes, they did a visual side by side. And and Mayor Shore is kind of like, oh, I, I mean, it's, this is what we needed. And he just kind of tries to distance himself from the problem. And it does remind me a lot of like, so I said, is this the Trump effect? They're talking today. He actually acted like he didn't know that his name was going to be on the checks. He's actually so he he says these things. He does these things. You're talking he, about Trump. Trump. Yeah. yeah. And so is this like a Trump effect where you do these things, you do these things that are very deliberate. They're full of intent. They're to benefit you in some way. But then when you're called out on it, you're like, oh, you know, let me blame it on somebody else. But pass it the works, buck, though. Right? And that's the we, problem. We we this is where this is what Verge was saying. And I think I think I think it needs to be very clear. It needs to be very clear. We are the only ones that can allow that type of thing to happen. We're the ones who have to start a show called America 20 to life or get out here and protest and say, hey, we know what you did. We know your intention when you did it. And this was the outcome. And you're going to hold account for it, period. If we're not doing that, who is going to hold this person accountable? Exactly. Who's going to hold Donald Trump accountable for the things that he does and says if we're not in up? So that's the thing. And, you know, this goes again to my buddy Jeff, who told me when I was so in angst about all this racism amongst these trump supporters and he said bro i said you know that it seems like everybody's a trump supporting racist now he said dude it's not everybody you got to realize that it's not everybody it's just the ones that you see are the loudest but there's so many people who don't feel that way who aren't racist that aren't speaking out and not got to calling other people out for their bullshit and and i don't know if we can find it but trini had put a comment in earlier talking about how to get involved in, you know, different boards and how easy it can be for just an average citizen. These are things that are very, very important to our community. And they're things that we definitely have to start paying more attention oh, to. That's really important. There are Trini many, says yep. there are many city of Lansing boards and commissions that Lansing reg- residents can become involved in. That gives you a voice. A voice. That's a your voice the right there. Right. Absolutely. And that's what I'm trying to do here. you guys. Yeah. And, and Trini's a Lansing resident that w- she she talks the talk, but she walks the walk. She gets involved in everything that she can to make a difference in our city, in our communities. And it's not as difficult as you might think it is. But again, we can't just like Bert, like Birch said, it's a call to action. We can't yeah. keep saying we're in this together if we're not doing anything about the things that we're all going. Through Shout out together. to the village Lansing for that, too, because <laughs> we that's what that's our motto. You know, yeah, one we are one, one is all and we are one. So at the end of the day, that's our motto. And we, we try to stick to that, even though these times have been a little harder trying to figure out how to do that with volunteers and not putting them in jeopardy. Yeah. But he gave us some ways. I mean, if you're going to go out here and deliver food, just mask up, glove up, do the things appropriately, distance yourself. Physically, like he said, I like that term you use, physical distance, not, yeah, social, not distance. social distance. I like that. That's a good term. I hope that we adopt that as a people around this city is to adopt the physical distance, not but social. Not the social distance. I mean, that changed my mind on a lot because you can be around your people just physically distance from them. Yeah. Nobody has to sit. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say this and give give um, because that was against the order to stay at home. Sure. But I mean, ultimately, you know, 
we can physically distance, not socially distance from sure. people using Skype, using your phones, using exactly. the things that you can get a hold of people with. Things so. that haven't always been available and afforded to us. And I think that that's why today was a really rough one just to see, you know, that privileged behavior and selfishness. There's so many things that we have where it doesn't have to be as bad and it's temporary. So Trini says City of Lansing website has a list of vacancies of these committees and things you can get on. So that's awesome. Uh, I tried to get on the diversity committee back in October of 2017. That didn't go well. I guess I just don't deserve to be on it. But I didn't get chosen, didn't get contacted, getting nothing. nothing. Even followed And up. I went to the meeting. So that's, you know, I, I forgot to tell everybody, but it was during my, it was during our show. But today was the, the city fire board meeting and they're being very transparent. They had uh, a, a Zoom that you could call in to see it. Awesome. Uh, I would expect that from the police board as well. I would expect that if they do hold a city council meeting, I think all of them are adjourned at this point that they would do the same. So they are making efforts to be able to be transparent in some way. And I'm still give that, you a voice. And, uh, the, the, and, you know, and let, me, let me be very, uh, very um, transparent in this aspect that it's not all groups within our municipality that is being transparent, but that that particular one is being. Yeah, that we just named. Is being but, transparent. Yeah. So we are, we are expecting that out of all of our you know lansing area municipalities right. that was that would be what we would you know expect and that's what we should expect but we've got to find out is that happening so but those vacancies right there that gives you a seat at the table i'm going to definitely contact verge we're going to talk about this we've had some very long discussions about some things going on in this city that we didn't touch on everything here i think it was a good break into what this relationship will be with this show and his show as well because verge has his own podcast mm -hmm. that he does and I can't remember the name of it. I had it up. I'll look for it. Anyways, he invited me on that show. You can guarantee that we, I should say, will be on that show. Um, as soon as he sends out the invite officially, we'll be there. But um, I'm hoping to be able to bring Verge and all the other guests that we've had on here as well on here periodically to talk about things that are happening in the city. Um, ultimately, I think everybody needs to know these are all subjects of public concern. If we're on here talking about it, it's because we know about it and we believe that you need to know about it and we believe you may not know. So that's why we come on here and do what we do. There's going to be and some days. you guys are talking about it. Yeah, there's going to be some days we're going to come on here and just shoot the shit and talk about sure. whatever's going on. But when I put these type of shows together and bring on these people that I've, I've formed relationships with and can bring on here, I mean, these people are really putting their necks out to come on to this show. An unproven show that's just a guy and his wife sitting in their kitchen talking it you know shooting the shit talking about what's going on i mean they're putting their own situations in jeopardy to come on here and talk so i appreciate and commend verge for coming on and all the other guests that we've had and being as candid as he was i mean he came on and talked about a whole lot of stuff man yeah. and this will be on youtube it's completely uh we have the whole thing so it'll be broadcast on youtube you guys can go to our page and, and if anybody missed any portion of this you can go on there and catch it the entire um, episode. Make sure when you full. do go catch it, you subscribe because yeah, that's going to be able to start keeping this thing going. Catch it on, you know, the podcast platforms, Apple oh, yeah. Podcasts or Spotify. If you don't care to watch the video, yeah. just listen to it. It was still a great conversation. Yeah. And as you can kind of notice, if you've caught a few episodes where we've had, you know, some guests on that, again, these are people that have a, a, a platform of voice, knowledge, expertise, experience. And each and every one, I, I want to say every single one talked about, you know, when I come back returning. So that means these conversations aren't over no. with these people. We're going to continue to have them back and have new guests and people coming on because these are conversations that are important that we do need to be talking about. In our I'll city. tell you somebody that we had on today. Or excuse me, I'll tell you somebody, somebody that we talked about today that I'd love to have on the show, show is Triple J. 
Yeah. Yeah, Triple J, if you're out there listening, I'd love for you that to come on the show. Great. I've always been a big fan of yours. We didn't we didn't get off to the best start when we met them. It, met was, a, her. it was a tough situation we were yeah, in. Yeah, but she was in a tough situation and yeah. she was trying to do her best with that situation. But since that point, she's been a huge supporter of mine and what we're trying to do with the village. I mean, yeah. I've worked with her next to her. This um, close. Yeah, she, you know, she just she kept talking to us about as soon as we got our stuff together for the nonprofit, she had all types of stuff waiting on us. So I, it's really sad, and that's not the reason I'm so sad. I'm sad because I seen how dedicated she was to helping the people, period, point blank. And I know that those yeah. people right now in our homeless population could really use that help. Um, the Village Lansing has had a couple people reach out to us, one in particular that I don't know how to help her right now. We don't have the means to help her. We don't have the financial backing. So really everything that we do out of the village comes out of all of our pockets. You know, everybody mm -hmm. who's a part of the village says, hey, I can put a couple of dollars here. I can put a couple of dollars there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we've gotten big enough now that people do reach out to us and we don't have the resources that we would want. Um, so ultimately, if anybody is out there and it's taken Verge's uh, challenge to help out and you don't know where to help, give us a call. Give yeah, us a holler. Hit the Village Lansing. The Village Lansing.com or you can see us on Facebook. We have a phone number you can call if you contact, if you know of somebody that's in need or if you just have a donation that you want to get out. We need help. We had yeah. a we had a, a mother of three who's been constantly contacting me. I've been on the phone with her all day today trying to find out, you know, how we can get her some food. What out specific needs at. can we meet right now? And then trying to get people in touch with the things that we may not physically have right at this moment. But th these are important things. But again, it's about the people. We it, the, the village is exactly what it sounds like. It's a village. It's the community. It's everyone, you know, kind of helping us to help others. John. Uh, <laughs> John says what I missed. Mm, you Bro, missed you missed everything. Everything. Everybody, everybody, everybody give him an angry face because he missed it all. All of but it. But you'll be able to find it on our YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And it'll be on our America 20 to Life Facebook page. It'll be on there too, constantly. We keep all the shows on there if you need to catch them up there. Absolutely. But a couple of things I want to talk about real quick before we get out of here. Um, two things in particular was verge stating that he wants to call to action people to put boots on the ground and help your brother your neighbor your sister you know whatever the case is that's something that i'm always going to be big on if you can help if you if you can whatever you if you got a couple canned goods in your freezer you know or in your cupboard find somewhere to give that to, to i'm telling you right now the village lansing will get it out yeah. The United Way will get it out. People will get the stuff out. So any single thing that comes into our possession gets put where it needs to, you know, Absolutely. where it's needed the most. That is literally what we do. And the second thing I want to touch on is I am going to contact Verge. He knows way more about this political thing than I do. I know this political thing from a citizen standpoint. He knows it from the inside and out. But if there's something we can do to press the issue on the uh, Biden, Obama We're gonna follow ticket. Up on that. Is there some actions we can he said, take? He, he, named, he named a situation that he was willing to do on this show. We called the action on the show, but he named some specifics that he he thought about maybe we could do. And I'm going to get with him as soon as I get off of this live, and I'm going to contact him and ask him what we need to do to, to press the issue on that. And I think what he said when he talked about it, I never really seen it from that perspective when he said, you know, another four years. I knew another four years of Trump is definitely going to be you know, very bad, if not the end of all of this that we know as America. But um, when he said that, you know, if, if anybody's put in that position and knowing how much of a patriot that she is and, you know, how much of a good person she is and her her moral compass, knowing the, you know, the um, 
the outcome could be, what the outcome could be. And by not having a running mate right now, but knowing that if she was on the ticket, it's almost a guaranteed win. And if we all as citizens sign something saying, I mean, if there's 15 yeah. or 15 million people, or I shouldn't say that, let's say, let's say 150 million people to sign that ballot, being all Democrats or all just people who are ready for this change yep. who want to see those two on the ticket. I mean, if she's seen the 150 million people put together to say, hey, I need you on this ticket. Maybe this is the call to action. That would she show would her right exactly. there. That, hey, this is a, these are all votes. These are all people that would go to the polls. So, I mean, for the greater good of the people. Yeah, I, I am so on board for that. So we will be following up and whatever information we get. If there's a call to action, there is going to be a call to action. We will put it out to you guys, meaning we're going to be calling to action you guys. <laughs> so you'll definitely see that. And real quick before I forget. So Verge Bonero's podcast is actually called The Verge Bonero Show. So you can find him on the different podcast platforms. It's literally just called The Verge Bonero Show. And it sounds like he talks about everything as well. Yeah. And so it sounds like he's going to have me on there at but some point. She just said me because it's not just I, me, babe. I'm, I, I'm attached it to him. It, de it depends they on what the conversation us. is. Do I have to take you? Or? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, babe. I'm not sure. Uh, it depends. If I ever want to go, if I don't want to go, I don't know. I think me and Verge might. I don't know. Yeah, you and Verge might be a little bit we much for me. might have a good time, man, me and Verge. <laughs> me and Verge have had some really good conversations yes. long into the morning sometimes. Yes. They about get, some things going on around Verge here. gets heated, yeah. Verge is a good dude, man. Yeah, it's great uh, energy. We had a chance to meet Verge uh, way back, and I think I talked about this on the show pre yeah. previously, but we got a chance to go up, and I wanted to touch on that, and I forgot about it while he was on here, but we went up to the office. It was back when LCHS4 was taken in the Atlantic Catholic. And Austin, or excuse me, Angela Austin Waters, who's with Black Lives Matter and One Love Global, had got us a meeting with the mayor just to go up there and get some conversation yeah. with him to talk about what was going on. He wanted to meet the boys. Meet the us. boys, yeah. So he, we, we went up there and we got to sit in on the naming of Cesar Chavez Road. Avenue. And yep. the, your avenue. The very last second before the uh, city council meeting went on to actually declare whether or not they were going to do it or and so on. So we got to see that whole process and it was the like, discussion it was amazing just was watching awesome. the discussion, watching the time frame and how it all went and how it was like a dire need and Verge is all over the place. You know, he's like, I got to get on this phone real quick. Yes, he's taking I mean, a call. Like four calls you know, he, he did not for one minute say, I can't meet with you guys. It was, hey, you guys can sit down on what's going on here. I don't have a problem with that. And he's on the phone talking to this person and his people, his, his assistants coming in with paperwork to sign. And it was it was just, it was crazy how that process goes. And it was just, uh, it was inspiring to me to see it all go yeah, uh, the way awesome. that it went. And so Cesar Chavez was named and the road or the it avenue the was way named. It was and to. so you guys can all thank Verge for that. You can thank Verge for a whole lot of things that have happened in the city. And, if, and that's why I wanted to play that clip in the beginning before we brought him on. Because a lot of people don't know uh, Verge from the you know from uh, the beginning of his his uh, political mm -hmm. uh, time in, in Lansing, but also I know personally I didn't pay attention to those things back. I mean, there's a lot of times when I would know who the president was and wouldn't even know who my own mayor was. I didn't pay attention to those things, and that's really what I implore you all to do: is start paying attention to these things. People get our votes without ever earning it. This man earned our votes. He earned my vote for the, all the years that I was able to vote for him, which was every year he was in. He earned my vote, but ultimately everybody doesn't earn our votes and they might get it just because of one of our people or somebody that the same color skin as us says, hey, man, this guy's a good guy. Do your own investigation to yeah, find do out. Do your own research. Make sure you know, you know, their track history and how they feel about certain things. And he talked a lot about transparency. And that's one thing I will say is 
like him, don't like him, agree, disagree with some of the decisions he made, actions he took, but he was always very transparent. And that's a lot of the reason people didn't like him. He was very vocal. He, he was unapologetic. He exactly. He and there were times where I was like, oh, heck no. But at least he was telling you the truth and telling you why and giving you the context surrounding yeah. it. And people don't like that. And I feel like Whitmer is getting kind of some of that same backlash. No, she, I, know. I love her and I love the way she does things. And, you know, she doesn't always have to respond, but sometimes she does. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, she'll put out her own little. Oh, A.G. Nessel is another one. I love A.G. Yeah. Nessel. She'll she are you you guys if you don't catch up with her Twitter A.G. Nessel, yeah. Attorney General she Nessel. She gives people the business. On oh my her. goodness, she goes hard on her uh, Twitter. They need to give her her own show. She but uh, Whitmer is the same way. Whitmer, if there's some ridiculous rumor going on out here, she'll go right out and, mm -hmm. and refute it. This is mm -hmm. not what it was. This is what exactly I mean. And it's not ever that she's backtracking or anything. Mm -hmm. She's explaining, hey, like a mother almost would. Hey, listen. This is what I said. This is why I said it. That doesn't change because you don't like it that I'm not going to do I this. I know this is being said, but let me tell you what's yeah, really going on. Not, let me let me inform you. You need that from your politicians because, again, they work for us. It's us that have the power. Those people today, although I don't agree with what they did, they showed. I mean, at any point in time, you can get together and make a ruckus about anything that's not going the way that you elected that person to handle it, you know, because they're making rules and regulations for us. And if we don't put a voice out mm -hmm. there to make sure that, Things are being handled for us and not just for them and their own. You know, there's so much backdooring and stuff going on that we don't if we don't speak up, we'll end up having, you know, a beach downtown. You know, I mean, period. If we don't speak up about these things, then we'll end up having a beach and no high school. But our citizens are having to form a renters union, a tenants union just to get fair, equitable treatment in their homes that they have to live in. Yeah. Yeah. Th you know, another reason I really liked Vern. Or Verge, sorry, Verge. Verge, he was going to bring that damn casino downtown. Who <laughs> didn't want the casino? Pissed. Right now, it's just a big parking lot, yo. He was going to bring <sighs> us a casino. Let's just talk about the financial gain from that. I mean, the, the, the employment that you can get from that. All of the concerts that could come in right at the Lansing Center, have that casino to do afterwards. Yeah. And all they could talk about was... You know, the uh, people are going to uptick in gambling. I ain't seen nobody stop from gambling. I got to ride 60 minutes to exactly. Firekeepers or Mount Pleasant, either north or the south. The same people are going to have the same amount yeah. of money and the same amount of time to go do what they were already going to do. It wasn't going to encourage any more gambling. And they fought that tooth and nail. And Verge tried his hardest to get that in. No, and I think that if he had to stay just this last week, uh, I think they just, uh, the reservation owned that land, just sold it back to the city or re forfeited it back or whatever the case is. So that's a dead mission now. I mean, they had the whole rendering down. Verge did a damn yeah, good job getting that together. And then here comes our wolf in sheep's clothing. So that's what happens, no though. You, you you could vote for a wolf in sheep's clothing if you don't if you yeah. don't pay attention and, and educate and yourself. And those things are going to happen. People are going to say things. They're going to ride in on the diversity horse and the transparency platform and then get an office, and those things don't happen. But that can happen. So it's not to say that it won't, but if it does, again, we've got to have organizations and people with some teeth, you know, and we've got to hold them accountable and remind them, Hey, didn't you say this? Didn't yeah. you come in on this? What are you doing? That's actually showing the platform that you were voted in on. And you know, we're when not it's doing the best enough. time to do that with our current administration is when the, when the uh, election comes up. So we're going to have an election it's going to start next year and they're going to be whoever runs against them. And I'm not going to say who we're talking about. We will eventually trust me. Sure. I'm going to put this out here. But right now I'm just being very, very, um, 
I'm very it's tentative on when I'm gonna do this, but we're gonna talk about all this stuff. But at the end of the day, um that's gonna be the time that somebody whoever runs against them is gonna have a million pamphlets of uh yeah. of uh evidence to go we can't about forget we can't forget we can't forget these things we can't the, the six months before the election all of a sudden now you're saying all the great things and saying all the we right things forget. and you know propaganda starts no we're not gonna forget we're not gonna forget we're definitely I'm not, not gonna, gonna forget. forget i'm writing it down i've been documenting so you best believe and the lens always right, come with receipts so yes. when the time is right it will all be out and we will we will do what's right by the citizens of this city because, again, it is important to us citizens of this city. So, uh, with that being said, I mean, it was a good show. I appreciate uh, Verge for coming on, man. I, I've I've been working on that for a while. Um, I was supposed to have him on yesterday. He had a prior engagement, so uh, we were going to do him in tandem with Darrell Slaughter, and I'm glad we didn't because we wouldn't have had enough time to no. get them both on. So it went perfect. I've already uh, I've already talked to Angela Waters Austin, who deals with One Love Global, uh, Truth and Racial Healing. Uh, she deals with the city. She deals with Black the uh, Vote. I mean, there's so many Black the Vote, uh, Black Lives Matter, Youth Event. She does so much stuff for the for the minority for the Black community in this city. And we're going to bring her on here. I'm going to talk to her and finalize that. And I will definitely let y'all know. But they're working on a campaign right now. And yesterday when we was talking about voting and I was telling you guys about that organization that came here from Atlanta. And we're talking about how voting reflects in our communities and what we need to do uh, to get people going to vote. Uh, She was the one who brought them in and and allowed me to sit in on that. And that was amazing. So I want to talk to her about all of that. And also some of the other things. She's been in place for a couple years now. She's been here for two mayors. She's been here for different city councils. She's been right in the room with them. Mm-hmm. So how much of that she's willing to talk about? I don't know yet. I'm hoping she's transparent and uh, is willing to uh, be candid on all that stuff. So we'll see. We'll get her on here. Um, that's going to be probably my next, uh, my our next special guest, if possible. Yeah, Still working on Brandon Betts. Want to get him on here. Um, other than that, we're just going to keep them, taking them out as they come. Yeah. And I mean, but we're getting great referrals see, even from... <laughs> you guys see how the show is going to go. This is what we're going to be doing, so... Yeah. Appreciate Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about and it. And hopefully not about you. <laughs> but anyways, no, mom, I can't do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise people up. I'm going to raise people up. So let me see. I, let's Before we go, let's get to a couple of these. We got... Okay, we went to Trini. Uh, uh, my bad. I had to fix my car, John says. <laughs> It's all right. You can catch the full episode, oh, John. Teresa says, to be honest, I missed half of it, but I'll watch on YouTube or Yay. listen on Spotify. Absolutely right. My guess is that this interview will be more places than just that, too. I think some other people who are watching this are going to be talking about it. Uh, Teresa says, again, my nephew had a big part in bringing that casino to Lansing. Doggone it. All there right. was a lot of effort being made. Just didn't come to fruition. My Aunt Nelda, she says, Erica, you got to go. You guys are a team. <laughs> Thanks, Aunt Nelda. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so anyways, we love you guys. We appreciate y'all for coming on and watching the show. Thank you to Verge Bonero. Yes. Um, uh, the mayor, mayor of the city of Lansing, one of my guys. I appreciated him while he was here. He did so much for the city, and he's continuing to do things for the city in his own way, like a citizen, like he said, such as us. So we appreciate him for coming on and you can guarantee we'll have him on again because there's so many topics that we want to get to. You heard him. He wants to talk more. There's so many things we want to get to with him uh, that we weren't able to actually get to uh, today, but we will. So absolutely. Thanks for watching. We'll be here tomorrow. Same time, same place. Make sure you check out our YouTube, subscribe, follow, uh, subscribe, follow us on America 20 to life, Spotify and Apple music. 
Peace out. Bye, yeah.